Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. Not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime. Prime time. It's XL Prime Time, featuring Joe C. I reduced my toilet paper down to three squares. Mia O'Brien. Bent over and let it happen. Matt Hayes. Terrible. And Leon Searcy. I did some curls for the girls. No more bending over up in Nashville. Oh. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to XL Primetime. It is on the noon hour on a Modelo Monday, and we hope that you will hang out with us for the next three hours. XL Primetime on the road at the Yards in Ponte Vedra. This is a special day with our man Patrick Young, and so we're definitely going to pay attention to what he's got going on here, but it's also a special day for all of Duval as you finally exercise that demon, that decade-old demon. And you got out of Nashville with a dub. Uh, and so this is a fun XL primetime today. We'll follow the heels of the drill and Jaguars today. But on this very show, you can have your Modelo moment. You can call the pop-off line at 904-207-7071. And I would like, and, and I'm looking around the room uh, at all of you, I would like to have some Modelo moment calls that include Mike Vrabel, suck it, uh, that includes uh, Nashville uh, losers, uh, anything that you can think of, mayonnaise, if you can work it into your Modelo moment call, we would like that as well because it's great, Leon, to finally see that team go down for the diesel to finally run out of gas. This football team defensively forced some turnovers yesterday, man. It was awesome. Well, listen, it, it was a deconstruct of the Titans, all right? Yeah. It was a breakdown of the Titans. And I was proud to say that I was a Jaguar yesterday. Now, I was a little jealous as well because I played the Titans back in the day, but I've never, ever, ever beat them like the Jaguars beat. The score was not a remnant of how bad they beat. They beat them at all aspects of the game, offensively, defensively, and special teams. Trevor Lawrence was insane in that game. The passes that he was making – I mean, the passes he was making in coverage, in man, you know, people in his face, I mean, was just legendary. Couldn't run the ball. You know what Trevor said? The hell with running the ball. Put the game on my back. I'm going to win this football game all by myself. I'm going to make the throws. I'm going to make the third down conversions. I'm going to make the touch passes in the end zone. I'm going to make it happen. And in the defense, they were – listen, sleepwalking last week, and then this week I was like, where the hell has this been? But you know what? Blaine Bishop warned us last week that that left side of that Titans team was terrible, and they showed it. And when he exposed it, and special teams-wise, we make the field goals. They chipped us out of the kickoff return. The Agnew scored. But this this was legendary. I think this game may be the changing of the guards when it comes to next year. And I know we got four games to go. When it comes to next year, this team has every oomph inside of to take hold of this division. Did you see Trevor at the end of the game? Yeah, beautiful. With the, the, the nose beautiful. guard, when the nose guard he tried to be a, you know, right, tried but, to, you, but yeah. you're, you're talking about next year. I mean, we might. Yeah, have, I'm saying I'm we just might saying, have to listen to me. Yeah. We might well, have to pull Jim Moore out right now because honestly, playoffs, honestly, playoffs. listen to me. I'm now listen. Hear me out, okay? Uh oh. That Titans team yesterday, I'm not sure they win again. Think about it. They got the Cowboys. Yeah. The Chargers. The Jags and the Texans. They could be the Texans. 
All right. Are, any, are, any, of those other, are any of those other three teams a given for them right now, the way they're playing? No, no, they're not. They've lost three in a row now, right? Yeah. And they're not playing well at all. So if the Jazz could split, you go two and two and they go one and three, and you beat them as one of your wins, you're in. Wait, 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 wait. Matt Hayes is now drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> I'm not where, drinking where, the Kool-Aid. I'm saying, the Kool-Aid. Lot, I'm saying it's a lot easier for them to get to the playoffs than people think. Yeah. They can get there with seven wins. That's and, kind of my point. And what he'll do is he'll revert back to that original prediction that he made when he said that they were going to win they, the division. When they get blown out by 42-7 yeah. by the Cowboys, I'll revert back. At the end of last week, we started to feel like there was a chance that this was yeah. a football team that uh, – and Coach Campbell made a great point when he said this team will play better against the Tennessee Titans with the type of offense that they have versus what the Lions have. And I give them a lot of credit for coming out there after being embarrassed. They played their worst game of the year, and they responded. And I think Doug Peterson well, uses as a great tool going forward to say what you're describing. This is how we take over the division. Well, listen, I, I'm going to say like Coach Campbell said yesterday on the fifth quarter. This team is good enough to play in the next four games. Not sure if they're good enough to win all four. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is there's a chance that they, we're going to be in every game the next four. I don't think that we're going to win all four, but a 2-2 two and two split, I don't know if that gets us in the playoffs. Right. You think we, a 7-10 team wins the division this yeah, year? Yeah, I think it easily could. Well, I mean, think right. about it. They're 7-10. and 10. Yeah. And one of their wins is over the over the Titans, and the Titans go t- one and t- three. T- the Titans beat the Texans, mm-hmm. and then losing the other three games, they're going to be the underdogs in all three of those games. They'll be underdogs. True. The the, the, the Chargers, the Cowboys, and the yeah. Jags, they will be underdogs. Yeah. So they lose those three games, right? And then they beat the Texans. You're tied at seven and ten. You got them head to head. You beat them twice. No, no, no. They, they'll be eight and nine. We no, got they'll a, be seven and ten, won't they? No, they, they've already got seven. Oh, wins. they got seven now. Yeah, they yeah. got okay, seven okay, now. Okay, so yeah. we, they would have to win out one out They're of the three. One of the three. And then okay. we got to win right. three out of the right. four. All right. In order to tie. There you yeah. go. Yeah. And if you go Cowboys, Jets, Texans, and Jacksonville beats the Jets and the Texans, which is very, very, very plausible, finally in that losing streak against the hated Texans. But let's just say you drop it at the bank, but then you win the next two. So you've gone two and one down the stretch here. They lose to the Chargers, beat the Texans, then lose to the Cowboys, they've gone one, one and two. two down the stretch. And so that's where you can make up that game. And, and then, then you you're have, even up. Then you have the game right. ender. Then you got the game ender. I mean, that's when, that, that wow. makes that last game extremely valuable. How exciting would it be at the last game of the season in the bank, Jacksonville and Titans playing for the AFC division? Yeah. The hell yeah. I say hell I mean, yeah. I, I mean, how exciting would that be for Jaguar fans? Yeah. That our that road to the playoffs has to go through the Titans at home, at the crib. Come on now. Yeah, it's awesome. That would be awesome. Bro. Now, now look. Could, uh, it, could it, like, exercise the demons of the past for you? No. Never? I mean, a little bit. But, I mean, I always take great pleasure when the Titans lose, especially to us. But, no, that game that game costs us a Super Bowl, bro. Yeah. Come yeah, there, there's no Come making on. up not for even, that. Not even a little uh, bit? No, no. There's no making I'm up a, for I'm that. Talk, I'm going to talk with you again in about a month. Case okay. All right. In the yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no making up for that. I, I will speak for him when, when, when I say there's no making up for that. All right, mysteriously quiet Mia. She was over there doing what? A little Facebook Live, a little video. Hey, we're getting a little video. I needed to get Leon's yeah. reaction to yeah. this. I mean, I know we got a little bit on the fifth quarter. Excuse me, got a little bit on the fifth quarter yesterday on the old uh, Instagram and Facebook pages of 1010XL, but I knew Leon was going to bring the fire, and it, I knew Matt Hayes had come to the church of positive vibes. He did. I yeah. had to document this moment. Plus, uh, of course, we are here at the Patrick Young Tournament, the first annual here at the Yards, and so we also were here a little bit earlier filming. Uh, Patrick is actually out on the um, – Whatchamacallit, on the, well, he's running on the, the putting, putting green. He's, running yeah. the, he's on the putting green right now, and he is running the putting contest. And let me tell you, 
He's getting very close. He rimmed out one while I was there. So and we'll so, have the footage coming up a little bit later on the 1010 channels. But yeah. uh, he, he but is he, he's taking people's money. I'll tell you that yeah, much. Yeah, he's got the, the that side, in a good side way, saddle. In a good way. In a good way. Yeah. He's got that side saddle working because, you know, for folks who don't know, Patrick Young, a superstar at Providence and at the University of Florida, uh, a horrific automobile accident that left him paralyzed from the waist down. That's why we are out here uh, at the yards with the newly formed Patrick Young Foundation. And this guy has said, you know what, God's challenged me. And he'll tell the story coming up in a little bit. He's not worried about himself and his uh, injury. He's working to help others. And he's formed the foundation. He wants to help others with spinal cord injuries. Uh, and so you can find out about it. Uh, we will be talking about it all day. Uh, and you can go and, and search for the Patrick Young Foundation. But he is swinging the putter right now with a big old giant smile over there. Uh, we got music rocking. Hopefully everybody will be able to hear a little bit of the feel and the mood here because everyone's pretty pumped up. Uh, and I was talking to Jeff Clouk on the putting green, and he's another both Young and Clouk both huge Jaguar fans, and so they're just pumped up about, you know, what happened yesterday as well. Well, I said to the two of them when I stepped over there, I literally pointed to my hat, I pointed yeah. to Patrick's hat, and I pointed to Jeff's hat, and I yeah. said, wow, all three have Jags hats on. Yeah. They must have won yesterday or yeah, something exactly. like that. Yeah, right? exactly, exactly. So hit the pop-off line, 207-7071. I just want you to come with a little fire uh, because this is truly exercising a Duval demon in a lot of ways, going up to Nashville. Son-in-law tumbled in the power rankings yesterday because <laughs> I told him, your team sucks. And I had and, and young Hyla, uh, uh, she was so happy wearing her Jaguar gear yesterday. I was pumped up for her. I heard from plenty uh, that were up there having a big time. And there's nothing like being able to go on Broadway and party after you win instead of having to commiserate after you lose. Leon, I, I know that, that we can you know, talk about the potential but maybe go back to Doug Peterson trying to minimize the losing streak heading into this game and then trying to turn around and motivate his players. He played both sides beautifully. Motivate his players by saying, this is what they're saying about you. They don't think that much of you. And I thought it was masterful. Well, I mean, listen, I was talking about this last week. I was talking about when the Tennessee Titans look at the schedule and they see that the Jaguars have to come to Tennessee, you know, they chalked that up as an automatic win because the Jaguars over the last decade have been – Inf- I want. I don't want to say inferior in talent. I just inferior in desire mm-hmm. and toughness and tenacity when it comes to the Tennessee Titans. They accepted the role over the last decade. There's a little brother. Yeah. And then the Tennessee Titans talked about that. Yep. You know, Jeff Fisher when he beat us in the championship game in 2000, he said this is like a second home to us. Yeah. Like he brings the whole welcome mat and puts it in front of the stadium when he comes here. Unbelievable. I mean, so that I mean this this robbery, this bitterness. This venom goes way back, and it was just good to see that the Jaguars. It's good to see that Doug Peterson played. He played. I don't know, he played the players, which yes. is good. Absolutely, is good in, in this in this aspect. And he tried to minimize it yes. in front of us, but yes. he made it big in there. Yeah, absolutely, because I, I've seen those films. I've seen the films that the coaching staff breaks down, and they played the players, especially when it comes to the team that you noticeably can couldn't beat over the years. Mm-hmm. Coughlin used to do that when it came to us because we could never beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. So Coughlin would come up with little tapes or whatever, little movies for us to watch to inspire us, to get us motivated, all that kind of stuff. I can't remember the movies, but they they were very violent. Let me just say that. Right. So the the, the one time that we did go in Pittsburgh and beat them, I mean, that was like like a a relief, that monkey off our back because – 
We we won we won the division the year before, but then '99 we beat we swept the Steelers basically. Yeah. We swept them and we beat them in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And, and I understand the type of film sessions that you the coaching staffs put together, and it's usually like on a it's usually like on a Friday or Saturday night. So it's it's it's, it's entrenched in your yeah. brain yeah. when you go to sleep. So let me ask you this as a player, okay? Yeah. So y'all are saying I'm in Happy Town with you guys now, right? Yeah. yeah. Let me ask you this. There's room. How do no. they – I know there is. How do they <laughs> prevent themselves from being that immature team that went into Detroit thinking they had everything figured out and getting blown out again this weekend against the Cowboys because they think they got everything, everything figured we out We might have learned a little something about Detroit yesterday too, though. They're pretty good. Still, still. They're pretty good. You don't go in there and play the way they did. So how do, how do you true. change that? That was also the first time they've been blown out this year. Yeah. yeah. When you think first about it. First game they were out. Right. Yeah. No other game had they had, yeah, I, I still, had they had someone stick it to them. They right. had stuck it to the Chargers and the Colts, but no one had stuck it to the like, Jags before. So how do, you, how do you avoid that? How do you avoid that? Because last week we just called them immature. They were too young. Um how do you avoid that? You you just you got to stay on top of it. When you got a young team, you just got to stay on top of them. You got to let them know that what you're experiencing right now is nothing. It's not. It's not something just going to pass. This is going to be us moving forward. The next four games. This is who we are. Where where we're gonna we're gonna score points. We're gonna try to get after you on defense, and we're gonna do things on special team. That that's their identity. We we asked all season long. We said that we wanted this team to be able to compete and give themselves a puncher's chance in the fourth quarter. Let's just say Detroit was just a blip, an anomaly, anomaly. All right. So now they're getting back to who they really are. And if they if this is who they really are, then these next four games, we got a shot. All right. Okay. So real quick, Joe. Yeah. Real quick. So instead of saying, okay, do you guys realize we realize we are in a playoff chase right now? Mm -hmm. Do you still go one game? Just go one game, next yeah, play. Yeah, or, do you, or do you hold the playoff carrot out there? No, you just go one game. You just go one game. You say, okay, what's in front of us right now is the Dallas Cowboys. You just build them up. You talk about how grand they are, this, this, and that, whatever. And, and, and let it seep in that, you know, the star is coming to town. And, and let them have it. You know, talk good about them. Talk about how great they are. And then when they step on that field on Sunday, just kneecap them. Yeah. This is freaking kneecap. Because the Cowboys have a habit of going up, down, up, down, up, yeah, down in performance. And, and they almost lost that game yesterday. I was yeah. dang happy that they won it because now they still might feel like, the, you know, they got they got it when they come into Duval, and maybe this team can do something with it. All right, let's make this the 10-10 take because something dramatically changed uh, yesterday. Now, Joe sees 10-10 take. Slow smoked and served up by Sonny's Barbecue, local pit masters since 68. You know, they smoked that uh, pork. Ribs, chicken, brisket all over the, you know, like a big oak fire. You know what I could use right now? A big oak fire. Okay, it's a little colder out here at the yards than I, than I realized. But head on into an area of Sundays and enjoy some barbecue if you are battling uh, what we think is winter out there. But something changed yesterday, and let's give the former assistant coach of the year nominee Mike Caldwell some credit. Let's recognize that 44 was on the field. 41 was on the field. We can go on and on. Tyson Campbell turned around and made a play with his hands defensively. Twice. Let's Twice. Get more, yeah, more than once. Let's give the defense some credit because they absolutely got embarrassed up in Motown. They went into the Ville, and they came out. We talked about getting into a little bit of a slug fight, just a street fight, just a fist fight, and they showed up. And we're talking about – dislodging a football from Derrick Henry is not easy to do. And they beat up on the diesel after they let him get off early. And they did some special things defensively. So let's give Mike Caldwell and that defensive team a little bit of credit. That is the 10-10 take. You agree and can it keep going? 
Yeah, of course it can keep going. I mean, when you watch the film today, I'm sure they watched the film today, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of good on the film. There's a lot of good that they're going to watch on the film. They still some Coach Campo was talking about. There was still a little mistakes in coverage wise. Right. Even that. Even in that Shaq Quarterman hit where he hit Derrick oh Henry. Gosh. I mean, he was he actually he actually missed the guy on the flat, and then he mm-hmm. recovered with Derrick Henry when he when he hit him and made that tackle. Right. So it's just it's still some things that um, with a with a a more superior team can expose us. I think the Cowboys when they come in here they've got a lot more weapons offensively to where defensively we can't make the mistakes. The Titans are terrible, okay? They're terrible offensively. Outside Derrick Henry, defensively, they can't cover. Now, their defensive front four gets after it pretty good, mm-hmm. you know, and the offensive line for the most part protected well. No yep. sacks, no real no hits on Trevor Lawrence. Couldn't run the ball effectively. But moving forward, when you play the better teams like the Cowboys – you can get exposed with some of those mistakes they made. This time they didn't because the Titans were, really weren't that good. But yeah. the Cowboys almost got beat by the Texans at they home. They did. They yeah. did. At home. They did. What had the heck to come happened? from behind. What the heck? I know I had the, du- I had the dual screens going on yesterday. Yeah. And I look over to the left, and because the Eagles were beaten down on the Giants, they switched to that game. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the heck happened? Did anyone? Well, the Cowboys all year long has had a tendency to play down to their competition. Uh, if you, in the games that you, you take a game like when they played the Minnesota Vikings, they – they throttled the Minnesota Vikings, and they were supposed to be, you know, on the same level. Then you take a game like like yesterday against the Texans. I mean, Dak Prescott, they struggled in all aspects of the games. Their tight ends had great games. They, uh, CeeDee Lamb had a pedestrian game. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott had a decent running game as well as Pilot. But they had to go, what, 98 yards to win the game. And they only oh, got lucky because the yes. Texans went for it on fourth yes. and one and didn't get it. Because if Absolutely. they get a touchdown there. Game's over. The Texans have two wins, and one of them's over the Cowboys. Absolutely. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's that's why I look at this Cowboys game. And as much as, yes, they have C.D. Lamb, and we're going to dive into it throughout the course of this week on XL Primetime and on mm-hmm. the Superstation. But when I look at that matchup and I look at last week for the Jaguars going up against a Lions team that is so pass-heavy and that does not play into the Jaguars' favor, but knowing the Titans and the Derrick Henry run game – did play into their favor, even if the Titans are a mediocre team, and that's part of why it behooved the Jags. But the fact of the matter is is that the Cowboys' offense, as much as they have Galladay, they have C.D. Lamb, they have Schultz, I get it, they're predicated on the run as well. Mm -hmm. If you can take away the run, and I understand that's a lot more difficult when you have a two-headed monster in Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, but if you can take those two away and you force Dak Prescott into – questionable situations he yeah. threw an interception yeah. at what you, the, the five yard line yeah, that's yeah. what set up the texans for that yeah. potential go-ahead score yeah only 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 way i would I, I would say that the dallas cowboys offensive line is a little bit more doable or durable than the uh than than the houston i mean than the uh tennessee titans mm-hmm. that we saw this week so uh, those, those pass rush lanes and those pass rush angles may be a little bit more difficult against the cowboys and getting the dak prescott well, they were just because you know, because they protect well and they run the ball pretty decent. They were just getting 77 back healthy, too, yeah. uh, back on the field this past week. And so getting Smith out, back out there would be huge for them. But if if they can scheme it up to where they can get to him, yeah, they can force him into a few mistakes. Uh, and, look, they've got more personnel. There's no doubt about that, okay? they got play 
flipping makers on that football team. Yeah. But they also have underperformed a bunch. And, look, we got a few more days to look ahead to that one. But, you know, right now let's just soak this bad boy up. I mean, this was this was like, uh, you know, taking down a, a titan. And it was just it was a good feeling for a lot of uh, uh, Jacksonville fans, including those that were up there. So you can hit the pop-off line, 207-70-71. We would love for you to have your Modella moment. Just dog on the Tennessee Titans anyway, anyhow, as much as you can. Have a little fun with it because it had to feel damn good yesterday for a lot of fans uh, either watching on television or those that were up there and maybe making their way back uh, to just finally get over on them. It ain't easy doing that and getting in the division. You know, one other thing that occurred to me is that the way Doug played this rivalry with his team, young team, is that he was in the NFC East, and he understands just how vicious it can be Giants v. Cowboys, Cowboys v. Eagles, Eagles v. Commanders or Washington or whatever. And, and and you can't take anything lightly, and you've got to make sure that you come into any of those games ready for that fight. And this team hadn't necessarily been ready for that fight. So I, I, I love the fact that, Doug, I think he might have taken a page out of NFC, NFC East game planning and strategy. And I really do. To some extent, having grown up around the NFC East with the New York Giants. Yeah. As much as, yes, I understand the division was around way before Tom Coughlin arrived in New York, how much of that was influenced in a weird circle of life mm-hmm. by Tom mm-hmm. Coughlin and the New York Giants in the mid-2000s into the 2010s? That's, that's, the, that's the crazy part for me. Because, and, Leon, obviously mm-hmm. you played for the guy. Yeah. And you're telling me that, you know, he was the one who was making these cut-ups, making these reels of this is the rivalry, this is the smash-mouth, hard-nosed fourth-quarter games we got to be in. And that's what he was doing in Jacksonville. And then he went to New York. That influenced the rest oh, of yeah. that division. And it influenced one, Doug Peterson, who now here is the head coach of the Jaguars. Mind blown. Blown. Yeah. So the other one, too, that I want to note, too, that Amanda Balionis-Renner on the broadcast brought up was that it wasn't just the cut-ups. Apparently on Monday morning when the Jaguars arrived for their first meeting after the Detroit Lions lost, Doug had one picture up on the wall, and it was a picture of Muhammad Ali getting knocked out. Mm-hmm. And so apparently his message was even Muhammad Ali take him down. got knocked out. Mm-hmm. But guess what? It was a fist fight. And so he had to get back up off the mat. That's one. But number two, you got to throw the next punch. Mm-hmm. And while I don't think the Jaguars of 2022 are Muhammad Ali, everybody gets knocked down. That's why maybe, and again, we will know for sure this Sunday. Because if they can put two performances back-to-back that look like the one we saw yesterday, then that says that that Detroit Lions loss was an aberration. That was the outlier. Mm-hmm. That was the random Buffalo Bills losing to the 2021 Jaguars 9-6. to you got to think about it, but I don't it, think I don't think this week is must win. I just don't. I don't think it is. Well, I'm not. I'm not going to call anything right now. I mean, this team just got to five wins. Okay, right. that's what so, I'm saying. Yeah, so I'm not going to call anything a must win. But at the at the same time, what is happening is is this what what we all hope, what we believed could happen was a changing of the guard, changing of culture, changing of philosophy, all these different things where you didn't look down on Duval anymore. You looked up and said, you know what? That team's coming. That team is going to come in here and try and take what's ours. And and forever, for, it feels like forever. Tennessee, Gus Bradley was on the sidelines the last time this team left Nashville with a W. And so it, it, it's, it's not easy to undo what has been done. A long, long time, over and over and over and over again. And so now this football team, just take it. I'm not. I, I'm with you, Matt. And you know, for the most part, it doesn't mean you've got to follow it. But one theme that we have talked about a bunch is that does this team handle prosperity? 
Does this team get cocky over one win? Do they? When will they figure out they need a bunch of wins before they can get cocky? And so the way they finish, I do think, is really important. So just product wise. So in their last five games, when they're three and two, right? Yeah. Trevor Lawrence has ten touchdowns, no picks, thirteen hundred sixty-two yards passing, a hundred and eleven point seven QB rating, and seventy-two percent of his passes. Yeah, real solid. That's among the top two or three in the NFL. Yeah, real solid. Just that's beyond solid. And, that's and by that's the way. Elite. By the that's way, t- t- take a look at what Mahomes did yesterday. Mahomes, now they almost blew that game. They were up 27 nothing. I know he gets bored from time to time, but he made a couple of bad throws. Josh Allen mm-hmm. is fighting like a son of a gun uh, to get out of the division, even though they're still atop the, the AFC, fighting. Or, no, those, they're, second, those, they're second. By the way, those yeah. two guys you just yeah. mentioned yeah. are really positioned well within that team. Oh, of course. With guys yeah. around them, yeah. oh, guys yeah. on the other side of the they ball. they got stars everywhere. Yes, that's yeah. my point. Yeah. This guy is not. Yeah. And no, he's playing I give him, at this level. Yeah, I, I give him a ton of credit for what he has done and, and how he has turned the corner. And, and we debated it last week that, you know, I, it, it wasn't all on the defense last week. It was quite a bit on the defense because the other team never punted and they scored eight times. But, you know, you look at it and the growth, I think, is innumerable right now, what he's done. I mean, it's, it's just mm-hmm. that whole exponential thing that's taking place with him where he is taking not baby steps. He's taking big man steps, Leon. He, I mean, that's the part is that that, that throw well, to, to Zay Jones and yeah. Zay making you know, the toe tap was an unbelievable catch on his part. He came up bigger yesterday, too, than most people were Well, were you know, expecting. what's his name? Uh, Dan Orzlowski on Get Up today said uh, uh, next year, Said Trevor Lawrence may be in the MVP race. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love that. I mean, I, that, I love that. I love that kind of too. And think about this too, Joe. As a fact, it's December twelfth. Mm-hmm. We're two weeks away from Christmas, and years past, we're we're waiting for the season to end. We're so terrible. We just say, hey, listen, could this just hurry up and end the game? I mean, right. three four games left. Can we just now? We're 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 in a situation right now where. The games are a little bit more important this late in December. And I can't remember the last time oh. since five years ago where we're sitting right here waiting for games, the Jaguar games, to play out now. Yeah, and when you talk about relevance and, and stuff being fun, you know, uh, this whole idea of I'd rather lose them now because it helps us in the draft, uh, you know, flip that, okay? Yeah. Uh, done with that, okay? This football team has is, is not done a very good job with picks at the top of the draft necessarily. Uh, go win games. Fall mm-hmm. in the draft based on where you win instead of where you lose. Uh, and by the way, I also have a betting slip uh, that would like me to get north of six, okay? And so now we're at five. Uh, the next one could come, you never know, Sunday against the hated Dallas Cowboys or, you know, the next one or two after that, okay? Mm-hmm. Plus six is what I'm looking at right now with the Vegas numbers. So that would definitely be helpful. All right, we are at the yards. We are hanging out. It's the Patrick Young Foundation, very first foundation fundraiser. And you can find out about Patrick Young's foundation. We'll say hello to him a little bit later on uh, as he is out here entertaining all the guests at the yards. And he is raising money for spinal cord injuries and certainly can use all the help. He's got a lot of help from Gainesville, from Jacksonville, and from you know, all of his Florida connections and beyond. So it's nice to be out here, that's for sure. JJ is back at 1010XL headquarters, and I know he is monitoring the Modelo pop-off line, so make sure that you get your calls in there. I also see a couple coming in on the text line, designed by Lifetime Enclosures, 641-1010. This one courtesy of Kyle in Riverside. He says, suck it, Titans. Nashville hot chicken, more like Nashville sucky cold chicken. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. That's what we want. I mean, pile on them. That's what we need to do right <laughs> now. It is XL primetime. 
I like to say Mia Culpa to Kaiser Soze. I mean, Trevor Lawrence. When you pointed at the scoreboard, dude, you're official Goodfellas gangster. I love you, Brent. Hey, Mike Vrabel, suck it. Nashville, suck it. Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars on top. Victory Monday. Monday kicks off the week. Kick Monday night off with a cold Modelo, the official beer of the college football playoff. Oh, man, there's what you've been waiting for, Joe. Yes! Joe wanted it. You guys delivered it on the pop-off Modelo moment line. Uh, I love it. Uh, because he was waiting for the Suck It Titans, and <sighs> we should have known that you Nooners, you guys always deliver. Uh, there's nothing like it. I had to uh, send out my annual picture of Mike Vrabel picking his nose yesterday uh, when the <laughs> game went final uh, because that's uh, that's what I think of him and them and everything else. And, look, this is when I become, you know, I'll put the Duval badge on. All right, I'll go JSO on you today because getting over on them, look, I love that town. I love that town. I don't like that team, okay? And so beating them is, is as good as it gets, and that's the way you should look at every divisional rival if you're in Duval. So one of the pop-off lines brought up a good point that we didn't even discuss in the first segment on this uh-huh. Monday edition of XL Primetime. For so many weeks, for so many months, and I know – Trevor, Trevor may be listening right now. Mm-hmm. Trevor, if you're listening, I know. He and I talked about it. I asked him way too many questions the last few weeks about mm-hmm. people questioning whether or not he has that dog in him. He has that fiery competitor spirit. Do you need that to be a quarterback in the National Football League? Do you have to be a hothead like Tom Brady yelling at even little kids whose autographs he's signing? Mm-hmm. Do you need that to be a successful quarterback? And Trevor continued to reiterate, much like his head coach, that he's an even-keeled guy. His emotions will come out on the field occasionally. But that's not him. That's not who he is. He w- you will see the fiery spirit at times. We saw it yesterday, boys. Mm-hmm. Leon. When you saw Trevor getting up in the grill of those Titans defenders, or when you saw Trevor waving goodbye to the Titans faithful, what was your first reaction? I wish we put a GoPro on him. <laughs> that's my that's my, yeah. my my prediction. Well, I mean, he had every reason to be uh, to be fired up. I mean, they, they, they're taking the knee to end the game, and a nose guard for the Tennessee Titans comes off the ball, pushes Ford in the back, and Trevor took a you know he didn't like it, so he just walked in his face. He said, what's up with that? And, and a little scuffle went on, and then he gave the presidential wave bye-bye <laughs> outside the window everything. It was beautiful. Listen, anytime you do, can do it to that team, that Titan team, um, I always enjoy it because I hated them when I was playing, and I hate them now. So anytime you can stick it to them uh, like we did last uh, this past Sunday, I always enjoyed it. <laughs> so he has the dog in him, 30 of 42, 368. Three throwing, three passing touchdowns, one run, rushing touchdown, one very large stiff arm of a uh, Titans linebacker, which Leon, actually, Leon, I don't know if you've seen it yet. If you haven't, JJ, I need to send you the video. Did you see the guy, the linebacker post game that he was crying? He was crying. Yes, the Titans linebacker cried. Why? Because of what, <laughs> the stiff arm? And then he tweeted about it. He was literally tweeting through it about, I never thought I would suck at football. But that's what I'm dealing with, and I'm trying my best, basically. Wow. Oh, I got to find the tweet. I got to find the audio. We got to make sure JJ gets a hold of it. Truly. Finally, uh, it's on that side. Truly. But the point is, that's Trevor yesterday. Trevor in his last five games, as Matt pointed out, 10 touchdowns, zero interceptions, 1,362 yards, a 111.7 QBR, 72% passer uh, completion percentage. What is left 
What is left? Doug Peterson well, said the only thing left for him is. The P is. That's what's left. The big P word. What's the P yeah. word? That's what playoffs. 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 Right. Playoffs. Playoffs. Well, you heard what Doug playoffs. said. Uh, JJ, I don't know if you have the sound bite, but D-Rock asked Doug Peterson. Uh, and JJ, uh, let us know if you do or don't have it. But uh, he asked Doug Peterson, what is left for Trevor to prove to you? And uh, Doug's reaction, I don't know about you guys, but uh, I was a little taken aback. JJ, do you have that sound bite? Yeah. Okay, he's yeah. going to pull it up for us, so we're going to leave, leave that cliffhanger for you, and I'm also going to well, try to is, find that uh, the crying titan sound because yeah. let me tell you, it was incredible. I, I feel the thing is is that you know Doug knows what he's got, okay? He knows that he's got a, a, a star that is budding into a superstar, and so he's not going to sit here and, and proclaim him arrived or the best or anything like that. This thing is just going to be organic, and, and, and it's just going to it's just going to happen based on the numbers that, that Matt threw at us earlier yeah, the last five not, games. It's happening. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not. It's never a destination. Yeah, it's it always isn't. a journey. I'm glad you said that. It's, it's always a journey because uh, I believe that the game is slowing down for Trevor. I mean, Trevor compared earlier in the season where teams were coming after him and blitzing them and him with the overthrows and the underthrows and all that kind of stuff to the point where now. Trevor wants you to blitz him. Please blitz me because yeah. I'm going to make the accurate throw. I'm going to go through my progressions. I'm going to get it to receive. I know my check downs. I'm a, it's just a beautiful thing to watch to see the progression of Trevor Lawrence from what he was early on in the season to where he is later in the season. And you want to be playing your best football late in the game just in case. Because, listen, every listen the high teams do well in the playoffs. And I'm not sure if we're going to make the playoffs or not. But – if the Jaguars somehow pull off this game against the Cowboys and went out and get into the playoffs, I don't know too many teams might want to see us. Yeah, well, if that, and I'm drinking the Kool Aid right yeah, now. I know you too. are, which is I'm great. I'm drinking it, it, it and it's, it's tangy. It tastes good. It, it's 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 a it's a it's not a Monday hangover. It's a Monday buzz, uh, and and it's the way it should be because you know you're coming off of something that it, it feels like you know whatever. Uh, one and a half, two wins came out of that one victory yesterday, maybe mm-hmm. even more than that in some people's minds, because being able to do that and just basically show that they can bounce back from, I'm going to call it a poor offensive and poor defensive mm-hmm. performance, not just defense, but be able to bounce back. And keep in mind, this is also the second game on the road, which if you go back to the old NFL odds makers, road, roadie number two back-to-back weeks is not easy. It's not, no. Even, and especially when you're going up against a team that is used to seeing you and used to beating you and sending you on your way. And so that has happened. And now Doug can coach through Trevor. He really can, just as far as, okay, we're, we're starting to create something. And I think Zay and Christian Kirk, and how about a shout-out for Evan flipping Ingram yesterday? That, that, I, I tweeted yesterday it was an Ingram takeover. He had a game. Can Which I, he hasn't had in a while. Can I give you uh, like that? Can I give you? Would you like for this to be a saucy nug, or do we want to do uh, get funky with Funky Buddha with a funky? Fact? Now is it? A, is it a? Oh, it's a trivia question. Okay. That, courtesy of the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Okay. Um, which one, what would we like to do, boys? Saucy nug, yeah. or would we like to do a funky fact? Let's just do, let's do a funky right now. All right, let's do time it, now for a funky fact. Get funky with Funky Buddha. Evan Ingram joined. Five other tight ends as the only tight end since 1950 with 10-plus receptions, 150-plus receiving yards, and two-plus receiving touchdowns in a game. Well, how many others? There's five others. All right, I'm, I'm going to immediately jump in and say Mike Dicka. Kelsey, Kelsey's got to be one. All right, gets give Leon a, a ding. That's one. Dang uh, it. I wanted to, when she said 1950, <laughs> I wanted to get Dicka in there. Uh, the coach. 
I'm going to go with um, Tony Gonzalez. Nope. Shannon Sharp. That's two. That's what I would have wow. guessed. That's two. I'm going to go out way out on the line. They're like, uh, we go Kellen Winslow. I'm going to go Antonio. That's three. Joe's Kellen got Winslow. three. All That's right. three. Antonio Gates. Nope. Wow. All right. Okay. Uh, what's his face? Jason, Jeremy Shockey. Uh, Jason uh, from the Cowboys. Uh, Jason Witten. Jason Witten. Yeah. Nope. Shockey. Nope. Wow. Heath Miller. Nope. <laughs> One is a current player. One is a little, uh, a little out there. Okay, so can we go Kittle here? Nope. Can we go current player, current player, current player? Really good tight end. Current player? She already mm-hmm. named, we already named Kelsey. Hmm. And it's how many? Ertz? No, not Ertz. Who did you say? No, Ertz. What's the number again? How many? It ten, is it is a ten receptions and ten plus receptions all the tight ends in the ten <laughs> plus receptions hundred and fifty plus receiving yards two plus receiving touchdowns in a game. Uh, Goddard, isn't it? No? Nope, not Goddard. Uh, what's our? Um, uh, why am I drawing a blank? I'll give you a hint. The Jaguars already faced his team this season. Yeah, the Raiders. Yeah, uh, why can I? Uh, oh, Waller, uh, Waller, Waller. Yeah, Waller. That's, I couldn't think that's, of his name. That's for, the fourth. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys want me to give you the fifth yeah, one? Or give you, us the fifth. The fifth, that, the fifth is Todd Christensen. Oh, wow. Like that. that is going wow. on. I like that a lot. That's, yeah. that's, so, a, that's a good one. A thank you to 9247 for today's funky fact. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. awesome. A little delicious IPA will go good with that. Yeah. Uh, by the way, at the Christmas party, we had a great time uh, over there at Perfect Rack. So, Leon, you saw the inside of Perfect Rack twice in a week. And, and uh, thanks to... Uh, Michelle and everybody at the station for putting on a great party. But you and I enjoyed a couple of uh, delicious funkies over there. Oh, absolutely. Delicious IPA. It was. Yeah, it was really good. Really Mm -hmm. good. Uh, All right, that's awesome. That's a good question. I like that. And and honestly, Evan Ingram, you guys know, I've been stumping for this guy for a while and even make play here, play there, play here, play there. And then he just – I almost feel like Doug saw something – in preparing against Tennessee and said, we got something, and this is – because he. I, I, what I like most about his play calling, his play sheet, everything when it comes to the game plan, is he doesn't go to the same well all the time. And, boy, he saw something, and he used the heck out of Evan Ingram yesterday. That was, a, that was almost like, uh, hey, we need to re-sign you type of game. You want to know what he saw? He saw Joe Schobert, mm-hmm. and he saw Dylan Cole, yeah. the aforementioned crybaby on the Tennessee Titans. I have the yeah. tweet, Leon. Are you ready? I'm ready. Here is the tweet that he sent at 4.48 p.m. yesterday. Never in my life did I think I would suck at football. I've been humbly proven wrong a few times this year. I deserve all the criticism for what I put on the field. No one is more mad at me than me. Nothing I can do now but learn and improve. Wow, somebody needs some self-esteem. <laughs> They can sell it. They sell it in the store. You can go pick up a bottle <laughs> and drink it. Good. Somebody has that to be race. That wow. Just, that and, I, and I sent JJ. JJ, did you uh, receive the sound? I, I did send it. Yeah, he has it. Okay. Here is uh, here is one Dylan Cole asked in the postgame locker room by Jim Wyatt of uh, TennesseeTitans.com if, uh, how he felt about the loss to the Jaguars. I mean, we can only learn and improve from this. Um, I know personally, I sucked. I mean, that was. I sucked. So, just uh, embrace it and then learn from it and improve. I come up, follows you so much. We just put a lot of work in and. Stuff out out there like that, it just 
doesn't justify the work that we put in. And it hurts. Uh, you need wow. to see pictures of company that. That was something, Leon. <laughs> well, the Jaguars put the whooping stick on them, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that is in that huh? is beautiful. That is a beautiful thing. That's Somebody's, courtesy of 17 I, I right like there, a testimony much. of suckness. Wow. Wow. Good job. I like it. I actually yeah, appreciate an athlete little caring that much. What did um, you say, JJ? I appreciate an athlete caring that much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wish you could see the, fa- yeah. look, the look on Leon's face uh, right now, yeah. JJ. Like I, I was like when JJ said it, I was kind of feeling the same thing in the middle of it. Like you know, gosh, it, this guy's hurting. But then I'm thinking, well, mm, I don't know, I don't know. You don't want, you don't want to you don't want to show that softer side, do you? you don't you really don't? Yeah, yeah. you might hurt a little, but yeah. 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 <laughs> Look, let me let me let me just uh, the way I'm looking. I'm at just trying that, to explain. Listen, no, 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 right no yeah. I'm just what I'm saying is, listen, I I just react a certain. I I react different than when if I had a bad game. We've all had bad games. Mm-hmm. I don't go I don't go crying and t- talking about how I suck. I'm enraged. Right, by, you get pissed off. I right. get right. I get mad. Yeah, I get yeah, mad yeah. and tell myself I can never play like that again. I, I remember, I I think it was I was with the Jaguars. I think we played the Jets here at home. And I was terrible. And uh, we won the game, but I was terrible in the game uh, to my standards. And I went in the car, and I just started shaking my wheel and punching my I was I was mad because I played a terrible game. Now, I was mad, Not to, in the front point, of anybody. I was mad to the point where I was crying mad yeah. because I played such a horrible game. But I wasn't going to tell nobody. But yeah. I wasn't going to see me. I didn't know everything. You weren't going to go in front of the television no, camera. No way. Yeah, uh, no evidence of no, it. No, no yeah. evidence of it. And look, this is uh, maybe – the first time, long time type of feeling that a tight end on this football team. By the way, they just barely built a tight end room over there at the bank at the stadium this yeah. past offseason. So this might be the first time that a tight end has done that, that a tight end has made another football player cry uh, from this Jacksonville Jaguars team in a long, long time. Now, tight ends have made this fan base cry because they beat up on this defense over and over and over. Yeah. Uh, even go back to how many tight ends caught touchdowns for the Chiefs a few weeks ago? It was three or four. Uh, they were all catching them. And, and so it's nice to see that. It really is because it wasn't necessarily the running game that beat up those linebackers. It was that tight end mm-hmm. in that passing game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I love it. And, look, they were, they were down and out injury-wise. Do I care? Does anybody out there no. care? No. 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 Take advantage of the moment. Take advantage of the moment. Not only that, is it possible for us to get, like, Jeff Fisher on the phone? And then when he comes on the phone, the first thing you say to him is suck it? Yeah. Yeah. Suck it, Jeff Fisher. Is that possible? Yeah, because remember, folks may not remember this when Leon brought it up, is that he, way back when, they talked about the fact that the Titans were nomads in the beginning because they had played in several different towns, several different stadiums, all this kind of stuff when they were first uh, building their, uh, their, their stadium in Nashville. And they said, how many have you played in? Four different stadiums in the last four years? And he said, well, five if you count Alltel. And I'm telling you what, man, we were all ready to fight because that was after they had just knocked the Jaguars out of the AFC race to go to the Super Bowl. And, uh, yeah, that was the uh, line that he had. So there are a lot of demons that, that were quasi-exercised yesterday. And now it's the Titans that are crying. What a what a twist. Yeah. What, how the, awesome. Oh, the turntables. Oh, it's the awesome. turntables. Uh, the text line, Design My Lifetime Enclosure, 641-1010. Courtesy of 1150. Man, that sounds like his mama whooped his butt and made him come meet company. Yeah, I mean, this guy crying. I mean, is that who – I mean, if you're a Jaguar fan, is that who you want representing the AFC South in the playoffs? No. The Titans crying? No. 
Huh? This no. is this is going to snatch it away from them. They yeah. don't want it. We got two from Kyle in Riverside. He already had the Nashville uh, cold chicken joke, but now he says, we snatched that dude's soul. He is a broken man. <laughs> it's just Not great. wrong. Yep, that's what you want. That's what you want. And, now. Bu- and our boy uh, Bush Drive Rich says that they should play that uh, soundbite when uh, the Jaguars and Titans meet again in yeah, a few the, weeks. The cut-up that Doug will uh, choose on the next one will be great. That'll be awesome. That'll be awesome. All right, we've got some players here at the yards enjoying themselves, enjoying a beautiful day. It's been a little colder than I think some expected, but they are all out here having a good time. Patrick Young Foundation, new yeah. form. By the way, yeah. uh, daughter Annie, who has the two, the two beautiful little Emmy and Libby. Right. Um, she has a good friend, Melissa, at the Florida School for the Deaf and Blind mm-hmm. because Annie is a speech pathologist, and so she would work with the deaf kids to work on their words and, and help them as much as possible. Anyway, Melissa's husband is a diehard listener of XL Primetime, uh, Ryan. So he had to come up and say hello uh, because he hears all the stories uh, from, from the clan. Uh, throughout uh, XL Primetime. So it was nice to see him and so many other people that are here. My man Mark uh, Lowry from Vita DeLui, uh, just so generous with everything he does. He is a big supporter here in the community and got all the volunteer staff together to make sure that everybody was here uh, with Patrick and, heck, everybody that comes through the loop, the beer loop, uh, which is in the back of the yards, which is just an awesome little three-hole experience. Uh, they're all hugging up Patrick right now, which is nice to see. It really is. That's for sure. Patrick's draining some putts, too, for what it's worth. Oh, yeah. He's doing that side saddle swing. He and definitely he actually, is. Jeff Clough informed me when I went over there to film them during the last uh, commercial huh? break that uh, apparently the club that they got Patrick because yeah. he is side swiping it because of uh, his situation, yeah. uh, apparently it broke already. So he is actually putting with a real putter now. Oh, is he? So, again, another step in his recovery, and it's it's seamless. But I want to give a shout-out. Patrick was telling me this morning about how um, Whitney Meyer and a bunch of the folks over at the Jaguars were mm-hmm. able to get the volunteers, as you guys are seeing, these cool Jaguar, uh, their limited-edition Jaguar teal hats, mm-hmm. but they have the Patrick Young Foundation logo on the side. So Very nice. Approved, nice. By, approved by the Jaguars, sent to them from the Jaguars. There's a Puzlesny jer- jersey, a Jamal Agnew jersey, a Devin Lloyd sign ball, Josh Allen, Baselli. All those jerseys are also really part cool. of the auction mm-hmm. here today, too. Yeah, really, really cool. Not only that, this course is the phenomenal. Best. My oh, fa- I told Patrick, it's my favorite course in Jacksonville. I mean, three years ago, we were parking here for the Yes. Yeah, for the players. It's yes. right up there. Like this is the loop. when it was a goat track. In yeah. the words of the Less owner. Than that. Yeah. yeah, and it was it was old Oak Bridge, and and we used to have a lot of fun out here. Yeah. Uh, to make no mistake of that, but yeah. uh, you know you could you you could just basically drive up, grab uh, you know your, your twelve pack. Uh, <laughs> And drop it in the cart and go. Uh, but they have done a nice job uh, with, with the way they have uh, created an atmosphere, and it's a lot of fun. Pickleball course right behind yep. us, all kinds of stuff. They even redid the playground, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it's just been this beautiful byproduct. And I remember being out here when they first opened the renovated yards, mm-hmm. and the plan was we're going to put bocce, we're going to put pickleball, we're going to put this the volleyball court, we're going to put all this in. And yeah. in the moment, you're like, okay, cool, sure, yeah. sounds good. And now, three years later, it has truly come to fruition. Yeah, it's awesome. All right, keep the pop-offs going. The pop-off number 207-7071. Make it your Modelo moment. Work in anything you can to dog on Nashville, on Tennessee. You can include Suck It Mike Vrabel if you want to include that in your pop-off. But we would love to hear him. 207-7071 as we are out at the yards with the Patrick Young Foundation. Hey, Titans. How did it feel like going home last night and sucking on your frozen mayonnaise? <laughs> Duval! 
It's time to pop off. Call 207-7071 anytime and pop off. That's right. Duval getting over on Nash Vegas. Uh, look, there are a bunch of honky-tonks up there uh, that I love. Uh, but not the Tennessee Titans, and I know that all of Duval is feeling the exact same way. Finally, beating Tennessee feels good. Feels real good. We are out here at the Yards in Ponte Vedra for the Patrick Young Foundation. It's their very first event that they have put on, and Patrick Young, after being paralyzed from the waist down uh, due to an auto accident, has taken on this this charge and challenge, uh, and he is trying to raise money for spinal cord victims in uh, victims of spinal cord injuries and we may not be able to get him on the air today because he is a he's a vip wherever <laughs> he goes but i mean they are loving on him right now and he's running the putting contest but we are out here uh and you can definitely check out our social media channels and then also check out his website uh patrick young pyf patrick young foundation dot org where you can find out more about how you can help but it's just a moving day and it's also a moving day because Jacksonville, this Ville greater than that Ville. Finally got to beat Nashville. Finally got it done. And love the pop-offs. You guys can keep those going. 207-7071 if you want to fire off the pop-off. And I appreciate the text line, Design My Lifetime Enclosures as well, 641-1010. This is courtesy of my guy, double O, double O. I can appreciate a player caring that much. So me and the boys have decided to send a case of Kleenex to Nissan Stadium and have addressed it to Dylan Cole to arrive in time for their next game next week. Beautiful. Just doing your part, people. That's what I love. I think they're on the road next week uh, against the Chargers, which apparently, according to Sunday Night Football last night, indicated that they're back. Um, Uh So that could be a loss for uh, the old Titans as well. Well, you you did see... Uh, a Justin Herbert last night. You know, we talk about Trevor Lawrence when he was able to finally, you know, just kind of wave goodbye, right. torch the Titans fans just a little bit more, twist them in the wind just a little bit more. Uh, Justin Herbert, you watch and you see this guy, a little fighting him as well. Uh, a lot of people thought that uh, the Miami Dolphins were going to be able to come in there and, and basically take care of business. I believe they were the favorite. Yeah, they were the favorite yeah, in that game. They were. And, and uh, Herbert and company, Leon, you look back um, – and that was without Joey Bosa. He was sitting on the sidelines, and they were and Derwin James was sitting on the sidelines. Yeah, well, yeah, and they well, were listen, able to get it done. Well, listen, I think we caught the Chargers at a prime moment when they were kind of down and they had some injuries, concerns on both sides of the ball. I think the Chargers now, I mean, they're getting healthy. They're getting healthy on offense. They got the receivers back. They got Keaton Allen back. Mike Williams is healthy. You know, they got the running game going. They're still missing some components of the offensive line, but it's a patchwork offensive line. They're doing better with protecting and running the ball. And defensively, uh, they're getting after. They got after Tua. They, they, they expo- I'm not going to say exposed cause, because he's had an outstanding year thus far, but uh, he looked pedestrian in that game, mm-hmm. unaware, unsure of themselves. And they put the, they put the brackets on, on Cheetah. I yeah. don't know what kind of game plan they had, but they put the brackets on the Cheetah and Waddle and then – Twitter didn't have anywhere to throw, and most of the time he didn't have the protection. So he uh, threw a lot of incomplete passes and, uh, and found himself running out of, the, out of the, the pocket a lot in that game. Yeah, they, they definitely got after him. And, look, when you don't have uh, – they don't have a steady run game. And Jeff Wilson, mm. was he was fired up early. They ended up getting hurt, which was a shame for him. But when you don't have that, you don't have as much as you, that you can count on. And it was the Chargers the week before that kind of embarrassed themselves a little bit. And they probably felt a little bit like Jacksonville. You know, what, what are we doing? How are we losing these games? Uh, and, heck, they were – they were up in Vegas losing that game a week ago and then came back and looked the way they, they did last night. Uh, they looked pretty good. You know, one of the other things is we step away from the Jags just a little bit. 
That was a three-and-a-half-point line last night for Tom Brady's Buccaneers yeah. against the San Francisco 49ers, led by a guy that was picked last in the draft. You know what it was Who last night? Who looks like he could be Tom Brady's son, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Like but, when they, Did you see the postgame, like oh, the it, handshake yeah. at yeah. midfield? Oh, yeah. It truly looked like a kid. Going up to an older man, like, well, like I, I've never felt that way ever. Whether it's Mahomes, well, it Herbert, a, I had never felt that way. And maybe it's because it's, Brock Purdy got to Iowa after I had left. But like, I, I truly felt like Leon. It was like a high school well, kid. Well, it was a kid going up to an older man. He was yeah. a, Tom Brady's exactly. old, twice, Tom, twice Tom his Brady's age. old enough to be his daddy. Yeah, to be quite yeah. honest with you. Yeah, twice his age, and yeah. and more than once this year we have seen. Basically, nobody's. Let's at least call them nobody's for right now because this is Purdy's first start. But we have seen guys that have done one one hundredth of one hundred percent of what Tom Brady has done, and pat him on the head and hug him at at, at the at, at midfield because they beat him. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady is now experiencing what he has made others experience. You know what I think He's is interesting? The hell beat too? out of him. You know what's interesting is now the narrative has kind of switched to. I heard this yesterday on the shows. The Bucks are old. Oh, they are. I don't know. I don't <laughs> see. Are. Here's the thing, though. I think that division's I, I don't think that's kind of reality, actually. Yeah. I think because Tom's old, they're giving Tom an excuse. Well, that's why Tom's not playing as well as he had in the past because the whole team is old now. Right. right. Well, I guess, I guess the combination of how I would look White at it. White and Dave are not well, old. Well, I, I guess the combination of what I'm saying is, is, that, is that you've seen. Leo, not old. Evan's uh, not old. Leo's getting old. Have you? I mean, look, He's six years in the league, man. I, well, I mean, did you see how heavy he looks? He does not. Yeah, that's his own you, fault. You, I know, but you see how quickly he likes ba- Del Taco. What are you going to do? Do you man? see how quickly running backs get beat up in this <laughs> in the National Football League? Pollard's taking over for Zeke in a lot of ways. I just, right now. I just think they're trying to make an excuse for. Oh, for they Brady might. Right now. They, you, you might be right about that. But I am looking at them, and they do look kind of old. They really do. Now they, they. They probably have more injuries uh, than than maybe we realize, but yeah, they they are putting him away, putting him to pasture has not been easy. But that one right right there last night, that was pretty embarrassing. That was revealing for Tommy, mm-hmm. uh, and he is he is uh, he's the guy just as responsible as anybody else. He's over there yelling at receivers again. He's getting all fired up. Well, here's the thing. Imagine if he played in any other division than the NFC South. Oh mm-hmm. wait, then he would be. Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because, Aaron, I mean, what are the Packers doing in the NFC North right now? Yeah, they're a they're floundering. Five, five win club. You've got the Lions who are going to blow past them in the division standings while the Packers were on their bye, mm-hmm. and w- like, what's there to do if the Lions are for real? If the Vikings are for real, what do you do? Tom Brady at least has the luxury, and that's why I keep seeing these reports of maybe he goes to another team. The NFC South is the most. E- easily the most winnable division in the NFL right now. Well, Why other, would you leave? Uh, other than maybe the AFC South. Correct. Yeah. Yes, not wrong. <laughs> okay. Something in the water down yeah, here. Yeah. Let's yes. not forget about the AFC South yes. um, that, that is you know headed in the wrong direction as well. But it's weird. It's not, been, uh, it's not been a good product in a lot of places. Add up the total number of quarterbacks that have played in the NFC South this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been three or four in New Orleans, now a couple in Atlanta, uh, three or four in Carolina, uh, and, and and Tommy has at the very least been the mainstay. But it's just not – it's right now, it's nothing like it was. Think of the Super Bowl participants that they had in that division over the last decade, uh, and they are a far cry from that right now. They really are. Actually, it's a little more than a decade uh, since they've all been to the Super Bowl, but still, you get the point. Uh, they've been competitive. They've been good for a long time. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's the – is it the beginning of the end for him, Leon, or is it the middle of the end for him? I mean, this is – this is this is it. Well, I'm never going to count out twelve. I mean, 
especially if they get in the playoffs. I mean, because that division is so bad. They're, what, six and what, six now, six and seven? It's still the top of the division. Now, Carolina's five and eight, one game behind them, and they've won, what, three out of the last four, something like that? Yeah. So, uh, I, listen, I'm never going to count Tom Brady out once they get in the playoffs. But that game last, that game against San Francisco, that was a beatdown. I wasn't expecting to beat down. I picked the 49ers to win. But I didn't expect them to win like that. The Tampa Bay just looked awful yeah. on both sides of the ball. And, and it was uh, it, it it was just a sixth rounder from 2000 against a seventh rounder from 2022. Think about that, okay? Think about the gap in time uh, between those two. It's it really is hard to believe when you, when you think about it. That's where we are. That's where we are right now. All right, so we've got it rolling here. We've been talking about your Jags. You can hit the Modelo pop-off line at 207-7071. You can fire off against the Titans. You can jump in on any of those other topics because, uh, you know, Tommy's basically done. There are definitely other NFL topics that we can get into, but mainly your team beating up on that team and what we think it can do going forward. How many more games do they win going forward? Can they run the table? Can they beat them twice in the span of about a month? Because that's what it'll be. It'll be the 11th of December and the 8th of January if they can beat them here uh, after. If know, it's take, that same take, team mm-hmm. with that same line, that same secondary, they'll yeah. beat them again. Yeah, the, the injuries mm-hmm. definitely have gotten to them. There's no question about What's that. What's wild to think, too, is I don't know if you guys realized this when the calendar came out in this past weekend. It was truly one year ago mm-hmm. today that, well, I should say one year ago yesterday, but today because mm-hmm. calendar day and I'm going ahead of year, that Urban Meyer coached his last game against the Tennessee Titans in Nashville as the head coach of the Jaguars. Yeah, yeah. And when mm. you look at what Trevor did last year in that trip to Nashville, four interceptions, zero touchdowns, mm-hmm. compared to dreadful. this year, four touchdowns, 368 passing yards. Yeah. I don't want to hear anything about the mm. coach doesn't matter. Well, because or, the coach has made a difference. I think, yes, obviously the kid developing is huge, but you would have thought he would have developed in some regard last year. Well, I, I maintain all the time, coaching helps players develop. Coaches need to be given credit. They do help players develop. And this scheme and game plan and, and basically clearing the mind uh, of Trevor Lawrence is what Doug Peterson has done a really, really good job at. I mean, that's what he's done. He's, he's come in here and he's empowered him. In a lot of ways, when you think about it, Leon, that's what he's done. And believe it or not, players want discipline. They want they want they want to reach the pinnacle of their success, and they want coaches to get on them, and they want them to pinpoint when they do things wrong. Uh, all, all those things factor in. And if you got that kind of coach with that kind of experience with Doug Peterson, Trevor has no other option but to go up. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, we'll keep it going here. We're at the yards. It is XL Primetime on Modella Monday. You can have your Modella moment, 207-7071. Hit the pop-off line, fire away. Uh, we are at the yards with Patrick Young. This is Patrick Young Foundation is beginning their charitable pursuit to try and help uh, spinal cord victims with injuries that they have been dealing with, and he certainly wants to help as much as he can. He's taken it on as his own personal uh, basic uh, mission uh, after being paralyzed from the waist down. So he is out here having a big time. A lot of volunteers, a lot of fans out here playing this beautiful Yards golf course. It's XL Primetime. Suck it, Jeff Fisher. 
suck you, my Grable. Enjoy your mayonnaise, trash bill. Duval. Hey, how about the look on Derrick Henry's face when Shaquille Quarterman knocked the snot out of him and made him release that ball? Priceless. Monday kicks off the week. Kick Monday night off with a cold Modelo, the official beer of the college football playoff. Nothing like some oak leaf on Yuli crime. Stand yeah. up, Clay County. Yep. We, we still love you, Nassau. Still, please, please don't, please don't change the station. Yeah, we but it was still you. awesome. We you still know, love you. Couple of high schoolers. Yeah. Well, so I was trying to do the math in my head. So Derrick Henry would have graduated 2013. Yeah, he won the Sha- Heisman. He won the Heisman in 16. Yeah. So he would have graduated high school in 2012 or 2013. Shaq Quarterman graduated high school, I believe, in 2016. Yeah, so they may so, not have faced one yeah, another. That's, this may have been the first meeting between the two of them, but it was. And, and as uh, Matt said earlier, you know, Shaq was beat earlier on it, but was able to make that play. And look, he admitted he slipped twice on that yeah. on that play. He fell right. twice. But dislodging the ball from the diesel, Leon ain't easy. All I know it was a cane. All right, that's yeah. why I celebrate. <laughs> it was a cane. Only time I was able to celebrate the cane in that game. Hey, isn't Rayshon a cane? Yeah. Rayshon's yeah, a Rayshon's cane. playing pretty well. No, but year, I'm bro. talking about that hit. Yeah. That yeah. hit that Shaq Quarterman put on uh, Derrick Henry. Uh, you don't see that too often when you see Derrick Henry uh, leave his no. field. Oh, my god. And fumble the ball at the you same time. see a lot time. of business yeah. decisions. Yeah, it's a lot of business decisions. And, and Shaq needs to make a few plays. Yeah. As a, as a Oak Leaf great, a former Hurricane, basically a four-year starter down in, in South Florida. It was nice to see him. Yeah, he's shown up on special teams here and there he's always fighting to make a spot this is just his second year but mm-hmm. it's nice to see that type of stuff and and uh Derek Henry not handling the, the wildcat either which was a little bit of a surprise too yeah that was interesting I mean when you're down three scores you're like okay now we're gonna go into our yeah. bag of tricks okay that didn't make a lot of cool, sense that makes sense Rabel but no let's talk a little bit about the defensive side of the ball because we've talked a lot about uh you know Trevor Lawrence this offense what's clicking for them but at the same time what we haven't talked about is the as we've got more visitors joining us here at the yards uh but what we haven't talked about is the fact that the defense after being a no-show one week ago came up massive for this team three turnovers and while i noted to our guy jeff clauck out on the golf course earlier Mm -hmm. uh they had they allowed two touchdowns and then they had three turnovers so they still hadn't forced a punt at that point but that's okay that's okay because they had those three turnovers why is this defense so boom or bust if you go back and think about the Ravens game, they forced a couple turnovers. Uh, they, they, they limited them to field goals. So they, at times, have been able to force turnovers. Even go back to the Chiefs game, they were able to force a couple of turnovers early. They just weren't able to do a whole lot with it. And so when you think about that, uh, I, I just like the turnaround. And I think maybe more than anything else, sirs, uh, the medal of a man, okay, you know, what is he made of? Is he, is he tough enough to respond to? being challenged by his coach, being maybe challenged by his other teammates. Let's go back to what Trevor said after the game. Yeah. Uh, they basically he, he basically said they laid down. So I like the fact they responded to the challenge. Yeah, but let's also be real about this now. The Tennessee, I mean, the Tennessee Titans' offensive line was terrible. Yes. Makeshift at best. Yeah. Blaine Bishop always warned that the left side was mm-hmm. terrible. Now, the Detroit Lions' offensive line, that we didn't get any pressure on anything, is a lot more solid. Even though they had a bit, they had a backup at one of the positions, they're a little bit more solid, a little bit more profound, and we struggled against that uh, offensive line getting pressures and all that, and stopping the run. So you know, but this is good though. Either way, you take it, you take you take this win. Mm-hmm. That defense showed up. They swarmed after the ball. They caused turnovers. They were enthusiastic. They were excited to be there, and they got after it in the game. And that's what you want, especially from a team. 
especially from a team that struggled just the week before. You like to see the turnaround because sometimes you hear you hear guys that just say, "Okay, we were embarrassed with this and that," and then, and then they say what they're going to do next week and they don't do it. Right. And you just get a little lip service. It was refreshing to see them talk the game and then play the game the way they talked it last week on how they were going to improve and not play the way they played the week before. So I'm going to check you a little bit, bro. Go ahead. All right. I, th- I agree with you. The last three quarters, I think they played like that. Wow. The first quarter. Oh, first quarter. Terrible. Derrick Henry had almost oh, 100 yards. He had 96 yards. yards in the first oh, quarter. Oh, yeah, and then, absolutely. None of that. That first drive, the very first drive, it's third and 10, and they jump off sides on a hard count. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about, immature. It's yeah. third and 10. Then you go third and five. They converted three thirds down, or third downs in that drive. They went right down the field. And I actually think the best thing that happened was that kick return got called back. Because had it not... And then it's 7-7. That defense is going right back on the field, True. gassed after that long drive. Instead, they got a chance to recoup a little bit because the Jags had a nice long drive to tie it up. Mm-hmm. You know, they went up again. But still, it was, I think that kind of kept them from being in a situation where they were constantly chasing a team that's going to just drive it down their throat. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. In, in their, in, it might have mm. been their first three drives. I think it might have been their first three drives. Anyway, Derrick Henry – I mean, they but, couldn't stop him, man. Yeah, but, well, but Derrick Henry, like- by the time you got in the second quarter, he had more yardage than he had in the last two games combined. Yeah. He had more yardage in less than two quarters than he had in two games combined. So he was going – I mean, he was going off again. And then just – you have to give them credit for buttoning up everything defensively and getting after How him. much of it, though? Because did anybody else notice that once the Titans went down two scores – they st- suddenly stopped handing it off. You can't. You, you, can't, you can't rely on a run game. But when your yeah, quarterback too- is Ryan Tannehill and yeah. Derrick Henry is averaging five-plus yards a carry, yeah. why wouldn't you just go to Derrick Henry? Well, they have done it a lot throughout his career where they've said, you know what, I don't care if we're down this much. This is how yeah. we get there. We are going to keep feeding him. But something happened, and it flipped a switch for this team. Tannehill has now had back-to-back bad games as well. Okay, because he got roughed up this past week up in Philadelphia. You know, Philadelphia, I always look at the two games that I think this football team was, was not in, even though they were in that game. Philadelphia snowballed Jacksonville after being down 14 nothing, and, and, and everyone was just like going, oh, my gosh, this team is for real. Jacksonville goes up two scores, and then 28 points later, uh, they, had, they had basically swung it back in their direction. And Philly's been doing that to a lot of people here of late. They embarrassed mm-hmm. the Giants yesterday, and they embarrassed Tannehill and controlled Derrick Henry a week ago. So I like the fact that this defense was able to step up and basically do the same thing. But, we, but we, again, I just go back to Andrew Catalan literally said on the broadcast, he said, how have you inexplicably not handed Derrick Henry the ball once? Yeah. On the first two drives that the Titans punted, so that would have been like, what, their fourth and their sixth uh, uh, possessions? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was like, how in what world right. does he not even get a carry on first or second down? Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree there. And, and, it's, and a, it's still the th- second quarter. And I don't know if you saw, Leon. It was still the first half. Right, and I don't know whether Jacksonville just I, – I have to believe this, is that Caldwell and, and, and them just said, we are going to – defend him first we are going to make sure we take him away and 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 maybe they did more than we realized and maybe Vrabel and them said scheme wise they are not going to let him run the football on them and, and maybe that's how it went down well anytime you say you want Tanya Hill to beat you that's a good thing for yeah the team. it's true if you can make them one-dimensional I mean now later on in the game now they moved, they play a little, little no huddle and kind of came back towards the end of the game, but anytime you say Tannehill, we're going to stop Derrick Henry, we're going to put it in the hands of Tannehill to beat us, 
in the game is always a, a, is, a is always a recipe yeah. for success for any team that they play because that team they're not built for comeback because they're built to True. run Derrick Henry to play action to Derrick Henry take your shots down the field and try to play solid defense and when you expose them and you put them out their misery like we did in the second quarter stopping Henry and putting the ten in his hand that's when the turnovers and the sacks happen and we end up winning the game but I, I think to me his point she's right is. I don't think they even stop. I think the turnovers would stop them. They weren't stopping Derrick Henry. Once the turnovers happened mm-hmm. and the Jags got the quick scores, yeah, then it's you know they got they panicked. And I don't know why they panicked. I agree with you. I don't know why they panicked. I would have just kept running because your best chance is to stay on the field as long as you can offensively, score points, and then get put Jacksonville in a situation where there's no room for error. You have to score, mm-hmm. and then you press a little bit, and then things happen. And you know, you're at home, and the game gets to a fourth quarter, and We've already seen what happens with this team when the game gets to the fourth quarter and it's a one-possession game. Nothing good happens. Yeah. So I think I would agree with you. I think they panicked a little bit, the mm-hmm. Titans staff. One, one point I do want to hit, though, before we let Leon go for the day, the fact that Trayvon Walker not only had a career day with the strip sack and his, it was according to our guy John Shipley, it ended up being his best, pass, his best win rate, pass rush win rate of the season. Doug Peterson said post-game that they played Trayvon from a three-point stance more yesterday. Mm -hmm. And, of course, John notes that it was obvious that Trayvon was flying off the ball much differently from a three-point stance than a two. So he had 22 pass rushes. He has 22 pass rushes this year from a three-point stance. Eight of them came on Sunday, and that included the strip sack. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, are they they finally finally adjusting – and if by him moving to the three-tech, what does that say in terms of where Trayvon should be played long-term? Well, I mean, his, just the, the fact that you move – okay, when you're in the two-point stands, you have a tendency to stand straight up when you come off the ball. Mm-hmm. When you're three-point stands, you have a tendency to stay a little lower and then eventually climb, just like an airplane. Mm-hmm. You, you, you stay low until you climb up. So if that's going to help him with his trajectory getting off the ball, right. the hell, you should have been having a three-point all season long. I mean, let, let me let, let me but, ask you this though: Does does he stand a risk of getting worn out inside at that size if he is going to play more plays down low with his hand on the ground in that three technique? Well, I mean, if as long as it, as it's in third and long situational passing situations, I, I don't see any problem with it. Mm-hmm. Now, I would be a little bit more worried if they're going to play him on first and second downs within that because right, I wouldn't like that at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, because he's going to have to take on more double teams and all that kind of stuff. He has a tendency to get worn out if they move him down inside it in the three point stance. But that guy, I mean, that guy's freakish. Yeah. But but if but if you saw that, you had to see that in practice. This had to be listen. This had to be rectified in practice and putting him in three point in two point stand and seeing how effective he was in practice. I hope they didn't wait this long to figure out that he's a better rusher exactly. in a three-point stance than he is in a two-point yeah. stance. It's so funny because it looks like Devin Lloyd might be a better guy on the outside standing up. I would up. be a little worried if yeah. they, it took him that long to figure that out. But yeah. to, be fa- I mean, to be, be fair to them, they got here and this roster was built for an odd front. There's no doubt about true, that. True, true. So you, you ha- your personnel was built more for it. So you don't have four or five or six true even front ends, right? No. True. So, yeah. so I, I think if next year you, you, the decision is we want his hand on the ground, mm-hmm. you've got to change the roster then. You've got to literally change personnel to make you more of an even front. So I, I would agree that I think he's better with his hands on the ground because it's, you see more explosion with guys in the hands on the ground, right? Yes, yes. 
Because when you're standing up, you have a tendency to either stand straight up or you take a step back when you're leading forward. Straight up is never good. Never good. And never that does good. make sense that, you, that you're saying technique-wise, he can, he can, he's a strong man. He is he a is. big man. He is. But, I mean, if you're in the three-point stance and you stand low and you, you tend to rise once you get on your opponent – you're not automatically offensive lineman. You're not automatically getting your hands on him. Mm-hmm. You've got to actually move a bit until he rises up. Yeah. Just like on a lot of those plays, the offensive lineman had to actually move his feet to get to Trayvon, and then he rolls up. And by the time he rolls up, he's on him. Right. Instead of him that. in a two-point stance where he's already rolls and the offensive lineman gets his hand on him. So he's just right. Plus, he's chest. only got if you're standing yeah. up, yeah. he's only got one move. Yeah. You, it's easy to block him at that point. His, yeah, his move is either bull rush or he's trying to knock your hands. Exactly, straight line move. Right, yeah. right. So he's. I think this would be the way with any any guy in the end. Any guy in the end would rather be on on in an even front because you're. You, when you're low, you've got the advantage, don't you? You do. As as an offensive lineman, when the guy is low, yeah, he has the advantage. Yeah, yeah. Because his his trajectory is 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 low, and you can't get a feel for what he's going to do until he rises up. Stay low, and up. usually right. he's yeah. staying low until the point. To where by the time he rises up, he's already on you. Right. Yeah, that's right. why. That's why the trunk is so important. And you're so, not going up to down. down. No, you're no, not draft, definitely not going style. up to down. No, right? no. Yeah. It'd be just like running a forty. When they run a forty, what do they tell you when you run yeah, a forty? Get down your stay low. Yeah. You stay low, and then then you gradually you raise rise. up. Yeah. 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 It's more explosion because when you're coming off on your your forty, it's all about that get off, that explosion, and getting on the guy. Same, yeah. same, same thing, three same steps. Same terminology, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I do think that they probably had to look at options as well because Chad Muma moving in and out of the lineup, he was hurt, he was out. You have other guys that have been hurt. And, look, Josh Allen responded in this situation as well. Let's not forget that. What was it, an eight-game gap between sacks? Yes. And so that, that guy was able to at least make plays yesterday and affect the quarterback and come up with the football. Arden Key and Dewan Smoove yeah. both also were able to affect yeah. the quarterback, and they haven't been able to do that the last two, three weeks. No, and it really was a disappearing act in a lot of ways for that entire front. Uh, Roy Robertson-Harris was able to, to make a play or two. Botticossi's yeah. first sack yeah, in Foley. two years. Yeah, I mean, I love you, Foley. I wanted to see you make, make something happen, and then I think he might have gotten a flag after that, but whatever. He's uh, the type of guy that he saw Doug Peterson's movie yeah. And, oh, he was bought in. Yeah. Like, in my, in my limited, granted limited interactions mm-hmm. with him in the mm-hmm. locker room, mm-hmm. he's the type of guy that he saw that, that video and he took it to heart. Yep. All right, Big Sirs, uh, you are out. Enjoy the rest of the afternoon. All right, y'all stay warm. Uh, it's kind of chilly I think out what here, you bro. Might, I think <laughs> I'm going to look at that, y'all. Y'all get shorts on like, it's, like, it's, uh, like we're at the beach somewhere. I, I, think, I know we are at the yeah. beach, near yeah. the beach. But I think but, I'm in Alaska right now. I, I need cold. someone to. I it's 65 need, degrees for everyone keeping score like, at home. Nah, I ain't no 65. I need someone to hold me right now. Not I, in this wind tunnel. It's no. not 65 degrees. Uh, yeah. Leon's going to get. The sun in, is starting to come out here at the yards. I kind of want to get I will, up and I want to go sun. get in the sun. Leon is going to go get back in his car, and he's going to get Auntie's uh, blanket. I guarantee he's going to put it on when he leaves <laughs> if here. If I had it, I would have it on. <laughs> I'm going to get Carney to hold me here in just a second. Yeah, I didn't even realize yeah. it was Carney. Yeah, he came yeah, up yeah. With, the, with the movie star glasses behind oh, you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, we'll say hello to him in the 2 o'clock hour after the match uh, from Saturday. But we got to bring up Mike Leach coming up in just a second. All right, Big Sirs, enjoy the rest of the afternoon. All right, you got it. All right, he is out the door. We keep it rolling. It's XL Primetime uh, as we hang out at the, the beautiful yards uh, with the Patrick Young Foundation uh, Golf Tournament, their very first fundraiser. And you can just go online and look up the Patrick Young Foundation and find out how you can help. He wants to help others with spinal cord injuries. And he's now paralyzed from the waist down, but it is certainly not holding him back not one bit that just happened brought to you by florida home ac the official air conditioning partner of the jacksonville jaguars 
So the Clarion Ledger newspaper in Jackson, Mississippi, has an update on Mike, Mike Leach, Mississippi State football coach. He had a massive heart attack on Sunday in Starkville, uh, was transferred to the University of Mississippi Medical Center in Jackson. Will he still? He is still being cared for. Currently, according to multiple sources, Leach collapsed at his home in Starkville but did not receive medical attention for between 10 to 15 minutes. EMTs used a defibrillator machine and delivered multiple shocks to restore normal heart rhythm. Uh, he was stabilized, but he now is in, apparently, according again, according to sources of the Clarion Ledger, Leach may have suffered seizures with the possibility of brain damage. Oh, it's he just, is in, quote, critical condition. It's just so very sad yeah. uh, when you think about it. Um, you know, first off, anybody who thinks of Mike Leach, a uh, pretty darn good coach, uh, and an interesting personality, a character, uh, and uh you hate hearing stuff like that. Just especially, a fun, fun guy, man. Yeah, especially when you are alone and and in a position where you 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 know you're just helpless. You're helpless, and it's just it's something else. It really is. Yeah, and he's. I, am, I mean, he. I. He's one of the, one of the few guys I really got to know like really well in the in the coaching fraternity. Yeah, just a uh, a wonderful dude. Not he, he's just one of those guys that is not. Uh, Get him, out, get him over that one there. We got Patrick coming up Patrick here. trying to get him up over that. Obviously, it it's an awful it situation with Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a guy who he gets, you know, he's he's not the most um, light guy in some circles, and right. other people love him. And it's just, you, you got, you've, you've got to know him to understand him. And he's just, to, I love him. Just a great, great dude. We'll keep you guys posted on that situation. But uh, we do take the vibes to a bit more positive note as we do welcome on the host of the event that we are currently broadcasting from, one Patrick Young, former Florida Gator, SEC Network broadcaster. He's out of breath right now. How much money have you hustled over on the putting green so far today? I saw some guys trying to slip you some more cash. Uh, Zero dollars and zero cents. No one's slipping anything over here. They're trying to get in on the action, though. I heard you say to the one guy that you, you took all the money up front. Obviously, it all goes to your foundation. And he was still trying to get in. Yeah, he late, was. Late, late registries. You know, I didn't even, I didn't, did not even anticipate that other people outside of golfers would want to participate. Uh, why not? Yeah, I think the way that we did it, in the sense of bundling everything up front, uh, all the games, the raffles, the mulligans, all the contests. Just when you play, just have fun. Don't worry about anything else. And, uh, yeah, it's been going great. Nothing but great feedback so far. It's been awesome. Well, listen, I, I love seeing you. love seeing the smile. Uh, we were off in the distance, and we were talking about you, and you just cracked that big smile with that big putter over there. And I'm like, that's Patrick in a nutshell, competing, <laughs> having fun, making people feel feel good. Uh, and then you came wheeling up here, and, and you're, you're strong. I mean, you're, you're always put together. Um, what 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 has the day been like just to see the amount of people that are coming to help your newly formed Patrick Young Foundation? Well, first I want to give uh, so much credit to my golf committee and Dan Cross was uh, one of the first people to help me put this all together. So he gets another so much former credit. Gator another great. former Gator, great, yeah, got that first Final Four uh, team under Lon Kruger. Um, he just he assisted me in understanding. Hey, there's going to be things that go wrong, but so many things are going right today. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has been awesome. Uh, I mean, I can't, I can't put, put in words how grateful I am, uh, and especially in, the, in light of circumstances. You know, my circumstances are what they are, but the thing is you get to choose how you're going to live and how you're going to carry yourself and show up. And it's like I'm coming up here, and I see there's an obstacle, and I'm like, no, there's got to be another way. It's not right. going to stop me, and, and fortunately you guys helped me up. But yeah. uh, just being a part of this, I'm going to share some words. 
uh, with everyone here because, you know, what happened to me in the sense of getting in a car, it, it can literally happen to anybody. It can. You know, how do we prepare ourselves for life storms? Whether we know it's coming or not, it, hard times happen. To every, if you live this life long enough, something difficult is going to approach you in some, some way. But how are you going to let that thing define you or are you going to define it? So uh, that's what I'm doing. I'm defining this situation with gratitude, love, and appreciation. So, Patrick, have you had others with spinal cord injuries reach out to you and reach out to your foundation for help or even just to talk to you and, and hear your story? Yeah, absolutely. People reach out to me um, because the thing with spinal cord injuries, uh, there's over 250,000 people in America living with spinal cord injuries, if not more, um, on a daily basis. But um, the, the process for recovery, if there is a, a full recovery possible, it could take year, a year. It could take 10 years. Who knows how long it is? And being able to hear other people's stories of inspiration of how they just continue to work um, through their process or just the awesome things that people that are living in chairs uh, for, for the rest of their lives, how they've just like, hey, this doesn't mean I can't live a full, healthy life. It, it inspires me. It helps me to, to keep going. And then also uh, when I hear the stories of people that uh, younger, people younger than I that have faced injuries and had uh, uh, car accidents or whatever it may be, and that they're in the situation, my heart just pours out to them because it's, it's a really difficult transition understanding your new reality. So I, I, in my heart with this foundation, I want to help as many people as possible. I wish I could help everyone. Um, but that one more, you know, Pastor Joby at uh, Church of 1122 says it all the time, one more. If I can help one more person um, day by day with this through you know, resources or just mm-hmm. by showing up, uh, I'm going to do that the rest of my life. Yeah, I, I love it. And, and we want to give people all the information where they, if they're not here today, that they can still help you. But you're wearing that Jaguar hat, and I know you're a Jaguar fan. Oh, yeah. And you want to talk about an uplifting day. A lot of people came out here fired up today <laughs> after that Jaguar win. How excited were you Well, yesterday? it makes me even more proud because, as you know, I'm a lifelong Jaguar yep. fan. I've grown up. Uh, my, my grandparents were season ticket holders from 95 from the yeah. beginning. Uh, so, and, and my, one of my, my sister's best friend, childhood best friend of mine, she works for the Jags. She helped us get all of these hats. Which is very cool. Which is really cool. And, and the fact that they were okay with putting yeah. my uh, foundation logo uh, here on the side yeah, that's awesome. uh, made me even more proud after the big one yesterday <laughs> uh, for everyone that's going to walk away from this event to have, have that hat. But, yeah, I mean, the thing is, we, <laughs> my, 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 my buddy said it. He's a, he's a lifelong fan. He's like, we're not a bad team. We just have had spurts where we're competitive. But we just in under pressure or just having that one thing where we just don't finish a drive or, or we're just not able to. And, and that's what great teams do. Yeah. They are able to finish. They're able to withstand the adversity. They're able to not let one mistake crumble them uh, to where they're lost. And even now with the Jaguars having faced adversity, eight losses on the year, they still compete and they fight in every game. So um, it's awesome to see. Uh, with, especially with Trevor Lawrence, a guy that you can't help but cheer for. He's just a fantastic it's human true. being, one of the best human beings. I haven't had a chance to meet him, but everything you hear about him and see, um, I, I, I would play for the guy if I, if I was playing football. Mm-hmm. Well, Patrick, it's, it's very similar. What you're saying, it parallels. What you said right there kind of parallels to your mission right now. You can't let one moment in your life dictate who you are, right? You can't, no. Um, you literally cannot let, you know, we have, what, 84,600 uh, seconds a day. You know, uh, and I, I think about it getting you have to spend you have to spend all of that every single day, all, all eighty four thousand six hundred seconds that you get in a day. And you are you going to let, uh, 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 you know, a thousand of those seconds ruin the rest of your day. And on the grand scheme of life, 
yes, we're allowed to be human beings and allow, allowed to feel emotions and the things that are going to be difficult that we face. But don't let it define you. Don't let it stop you from choosing to control the things you can't control, how you show up, your attitude, your actions, loving people, being forgiven, uh, forgiving, because life is short. It really is. You know, I, I, my, uh, a buddy of mine, his grandmother passed away uh, at 95, and I say, you know, I pray I get 95 years. Mm-hmm. I pray. I, I, I really hope, but we, we really don't know. So uh, I don't want to let a bad day or my circumstance uh, deter me from having a, a great life, and I hope it's inspirational to other people with things that they're going to be facing in their lives. All right, so tell us how they can get involved with the foundation going forward because this is just the beginning. Like you said, we are yeah. now starting to carve out a mountain that you can work from. Right. So tell everybody. Yeah, uh, well, first off, be be on the lookout. Uh, we're, we're more than likely going to do this event again next year in mm-hmm. the same spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably have two shotguns. Uh, it's a great event. Everyone's having a great time. Um, you can go to the website. Uh, P-Y, the number four, foundation.org. Uh, reach out to me directly. Uh, I'm the one that's running the site. So when you fill out that contact information, uh, where our, P- our 501c3 status is pending. You know, it takes a process for that. Uh, as soon as that's up, hopefully in the next few months, people can donate directly. Right. All proceeds are going to help people with uh, spinal cord injuries or just life-altering injuries in, in general. Uh, because another thing that's dear, near and dear to my heart is that, uh, you know, to say there's – kids that want to play sports that have uh, prosthetics. Right. Insurance doesn't cover an athletic prosthetic. They'll get you to where you're mobile and you're walking, which is a blessing. But you know, I don't I you know, my mind my mindset, the mantra of the of the Patrick Young Foundation is illuminating the path to wholeness. So we want to come in and say, okay, we're gonna cover that so you can nice. go play sports. Yeah, that's right. cool. You know, so stuff stuff like that. Um uh, co- uh driving evaluations, continue physical therapy uh, adjustments that you need to your house, uh, installations in your back, whatever those things that insurance might not fill the gap in, we want to come in so people can, can believe that they can have whole, wholeness and happiness once again. PY4Foundation.org. And That's speak, it. speaking of the kids, I have to ask you, Patrick, because I got to call two of their three games this past week. Okay. The old alma mater. Uh, you following Jim's boys at all this year? Because he said to us when uh, Andrew Gibson and I were prepping for the game, First time since 2017, he feels like this is a group that could win a state title. Oh, our boys? Oh, yeah. Um, I had a chance, the opportunity to watch them against Episcopal and then against Riverside. And what I love about what they do and what I've seen about the identity of this team, they play a full, was it 32 minutes in, in high school? Yeah. I was going to say 40 minutes. I'm so used to saying 40 <laughs> well, and minutes. They, and they play quarters, not and they quarters. And quarters. Yeah. They play they – play, when, when coach makes substitutions for this team, the level of pressure and play does not go down, does not decline at all. That's good. They get up when – I mean, they, they suffocated Episcopal. And the Episcopal's a good team. Yep. They're, they're a good team. They got team. a couple D1 guys. They got on a couple team. D1 yeah. guys, but there, there was no opportunity for them to take a good shot. And they're relentless. They get, they get on the rim. I, hey, I'm, I'm a little biased here. They still would not have stood a chance against my 2010 team. <laughs> not, would not have stood. But I say, you know what? They have some similarities. Some characteristics there of a state championship winning team. So I'm excited to see this for Coach Martin, um, one of the best to, to ever do it here in Jacksonville. And, uh, yeah, I would love for oh, him yeah. to hold another one up. Yeah, there's no question. Jim Martin, very talented, that's for sure. Well, listen, uh, your talents, uh, and I think people would agree, you're a treasure uh, to the First Coast. So you keep moving through us. You keep. We'll deliver the message as much as we can, but we'll send them. Patrick Young, PY4Foundation.org. 
and and we'll let people know when that 501c3 is all yeah, ready to go. Absolutely. And that way they can help as much as possible. Uh, I'm going to challenge you to a putt coming up here. Oh, yeah. we can. Right. I, I thought you, you didn't want to talk about the Gators, some basketball yeah, a little yeah. bit too? Well, oh, we, we need should. To. All right, how about well, we take a quick break? I was going to say, yeah, let's take a yeah. quick break and come back with that, and then we'll get yeah. Carney on after. Because have we talked to you? Well, we talked to you after the UConn game. Okay, Friday, yeah, that's so right. We did get that. But you could give us a preview of uh, some games coming up for the And games. Dan Cross was, you know, like, come on, we need to see a little more <laughs> something out of him. All right, we'll do that coming up. Patrick Young Foundation, we are out here at the Yards with his inaugural golf tournament, the fundraiser to begin, letting people know the awareness of spinal cord injuries and how they can help and how you can help the Patrick Young Foundation. Monday kicks off the week. Kick Monday night off with a cold Modelo, the official beer of the college football playoff. College football playoff not that far away, and also not that far away was a huge win yesterday for your Jacksonville Jaguars. And you can have a Modelo moment yourself by hitting the pop-off line, 207-7071. And we're spending a moment with Patrick Young. He is our host today. And, uh, look, there are so many good people here that are helping uh, – basically lift off the Patrick Young Foundation. So get a couple more minutes with PY before he heads out. Uh, PY4foundation.org. So let's talk Gator Hoops before you get out of here because, look, I I know that it's going to be a little bit of a work in progress for Todd Golden. Uh, And, 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 you know, I think, Patrick, if you found some silver linings coming out of the first handful of games for the Florida Gators. What, what would you tell Gator fan out there that's a big hoops hoops fan? Well, the silver lining is is uh, obviously that they can get it done without it all being on Colin's shoulders. Right. Uh, seeing that Will Richards been productive, Kwesi, uh, Kwesi, Kwesi Reeve, Kyle Lofton, they found some productive productivity in other guys because starting the season out, Colin was going for 30 and 15 yeah. for how many games in a row. And I'm like, this is not going to be sustainable. He's going to find some matchups. It just happens. In college basketball, who averages 25, 30 points a game? Uh, the team plays plays hard. Uh, they play for 40 minutes. The the, the biggest knock on the team right now because they're getting attempts up. They just take settle for such bad shots at times. And it, you're not going to make every shot, but make it dip more difficult on the defense. Mm-hmm. Make them have to create some disadvantages here. Make them have to rotate and close out and uh, help a little bit extra. Oftentimes, I was, as I, at the FAMU game, the first six possessions were so empty and quick. I'm like, this in the SEC, this is going to get you run by twenty points. Wow! Yeah, in a hurry. In a hurry. Yeah. So, Patrick, if you're talking about developing and building a program now, <laughs> completely different now from when you played. Oh my with goodness! Billy. I mean, you guys literally built it from the ground up. High school players developing guys. Now it's the portal is everything now. Yeah. So much more than college football. The portal literally builds basketball programs. Yeah. Is it sustainable to build through that way or? Does Golden have to be a guy who, look, let's just build it through the high school, maybe suffer for a year or two, but get to a point where you've got now an elite team of guys that have played together for a few years? Well, it's so, it's so hard to say. I don't think there's going to be an exact formula because you don't want to ever pass up on talent. You, right. you don't ever want to pass like a guy like Riley Kugel that I think is going to be very special. He's got the athleticism, just that fresh in mistakes where you've got to continue to learn the game. But if I can grab a guy from uh, you know another school that is – proven in that league and they want to come to win you know you look at Kendrick Davis that's at Memphis right now he's doing sensational he's unbelievable he defends steals scores all those things but also you know we look at Florida 
over these last few years. They've had some guys that transferred, and it hasn't worked out. They, it wasn't the right fit or what. You know, it's, it's a gamble the coach is going to have to make and do extensive research. Don't get uh, caught up by the candy of saying, oh, this is the number one player to, in the transfer portal. Okay, but what league were they in before? Right. Are they going to be able to match up to the SEC? And that's all I see as of right now. You know, Kyle Lofton, great player at St. Bonaventure, fantastic athlete. He, he's struggling a little bit. We haven't even gotten to SEC play yet. I hope he's going to be able to find a groove and pick it up, but he's not a great shooter. I think shooting, you can never go wrong with finding a guy that can shoot the ball well in the end of the track. It makes all the sense. And that's why you go go to the portal. You say, I just want to add a shooter. I just want a shooter. Or, I'll tell you this, because Jordan Mincy said this about J.U., he went and got Omar Payne because he needed another rim protector. I feel like rim protecting – and scoring, you can go into the portal. And Omar Payne transferred again? Oh, yeah, no, he's at no, JU. to JU. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so now he's at JU. Wait. I know, he did a no, double transfer? Yes, he went to yeah. Illinois, and now yeah. he's at JU. Wow. Yeah. yeah. No, that's yeah. a great pickup. Yeah, 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 for sure. But with regards to the transfer portal, Patrick, I mean, how, you know, so two more games for Florida before they hit the conference slate. So they got neutral site games against Ohio and then against um, Oklahoma in the Jumpman Classic. So my question is, how – how soon do you say, okay, like this is who the team is in terms of gelling these transfers? Because I know I was even talking to a couple of the girls on the UNF women's team, and that team is almost – I think they got, they got three true freshmen, and then it's like all transfers. And so kind of the excuse has been, well, it's an entirely new team. At what point, though, does Todd Golden say that's not an excuse, that this is an entirely new team finding its way? Does it yeah. have to be when conference play picks up? Uh, you you want to you want to have that excuse not say excuse but it's, it's a fact it's an entirely new team you want that to be gone by the time uh, as, an, as an excuse by the time you get to conference play uh, you know it, it's difficult because you know these teams get an opportunity now to have a a full off season even to start previous to what I was able to do I think we couldn't start until like late October, or not late October, uh, in September right. is when we could start to practice and really uh, do some contact. They get a chance to do that a lot sooner. So you would think the chemistry would be there, understanding what the teams, were, uh, what the coaches are asking of the players. Um, you know, some guys just aren't going to mesh or it's not going to just click. Uh, I, I'm certain that Coach Golden and the assistant coaches are putting players in the positions that they need to be and learn. But sometimes guys, like when the game comes on, they're in the game, it's like they forget. All, all, all of the scouting, all the things that that has been nailed into their head all week—it just happens. I don't know. I don't know. I, I've been guilty of that myself. But that coach says, "This is what you don't let this guy drive left. You let the guy drive left. What are you doing? I don't know. I'm a fool. <laughs> it, it happens. Um, but I, you know, I, I want to just see this team be able to bounce back when they're um, they, they ha- have a few empty baskets when there's a run." Uh, against them that they can find something consistently because yeah what is that identity they're not not it's not a great rebounding team not a fantastic defensive team not a great three-point shooting team what is the identity of this team yet and they need to find that out now yeah especially with how loaded the sec is with alabama knocking off houston this they're good they're really good it's it could be anybody on any given night i don't care that memphis knocked off auburn because auburn's going to knock somebody else off in a few weeks right we got to turn you loose so you can be Mr. Host again, and, uh, and and we will keep it going. But thanks for having us out. You know that we appreciate it. Like you said, or like we told you, use us. We're a vehicle for the Patrick Young Foundation. Okay, bro? So just Thank let you. us know what's happening. Thank you. Appreciate thanks you guys so much. Thanks for being out here for thanks, sure. Patrick. Have a good Patrick. one. And we're going Patrick to say hi Young. to another guest here at the Yards coming up. Uh, Carney, Mark Carnival going to join us here coming up next on XL Primetime. Monday kicks off the week. Kick Monday night off with a cold Modelo, the official beer of the college football playoff. 
We've been having a good time today. The Yards uh, hosting the Patrick Young Foundation uh, first golf tournament, and uh, he looks forward to more ventures uh, with uh, a lot of dollars and awareness being raised for spinal cord injuries and helping those that, uh, that he can help. And he said he's going to just uh, keep plowing through. Uh, Mark Carnival joins us now. Uh, he is a Ponte Vedra resident, in fact, right around the corner uh, from the Yards. Uh, and, and, and Carney, as we say hello to you, uh, pretty inspiring to hear Patrick, is it not? Oh, without, without question. And, uh, I mean, that's, he, he should be an inspiration to a lot of yeah. young people. And uh, I, I couldn't even imagine what, what he and his family have had to deal with. And, but just, uh, boy, I mean, I, I tell you, and, and it's great that, you know, we talk all the time, Joe, you and yeah. I are very much involved yeah. with golf. Golf is such a vehicle to create opportunities it's like this. And I think a lot of times people forget about that. But anytime someone needs to raise money, yeah. most of the time they're going to have a golf tournament. They come to golfers. Yes. And, yeah. and But just now to see him and, and his inspiration, uh, absolutely. And, and, you know, again, I wouldn't know, mm-hmm. you know, what it would be like. But the fact that he is he's out there and he's trying to do something with this opportunity oh, yeah. says a lot about that, that young man. And I, was, I met him when he was at Providence with uh, – he was playing with a friend of mine's son, Alex uh, – Bodney, mm-hmm. Mike Bodney is a good good friend of mine, and I went right. and saw a couple of their games, and I met uh, Patrick there. And back then, I mean, that's what 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. I mean, he was I mean a fine young man back then, and right. just uh, an example of of how athletes get in situations, and they can either you know sort of run home with their ball and mm-hmm. and cry spilt milk. I mean, Patrick is not doing yeah. that, and no. that that he deserves a great deal of credit for doing what he's doing yeah he's not just a merchant of good he's a merchant of great yeah. he really is yeah, yeah and, not, and it, clearly not at this level but you know we saw the tournament this weekend uh tiger you and i were talking off the air about tiger and you watched him it's gonna be hard for him to get back isn't it i, I think it is uh, I, I watched it and uh you know he's he didn't play in his event because of plantar fasciitis i don't again i'm not his doctor i don't have any information as to whether that was caused I mean, common sense might tell you it might have been caused from what he's dealing with his with his lower leg and right. you know the way he has to walk and so forth. Uh, so I don't know if it was what I saw was the result of the plantar fasciitis, but I saw him play uh, the three or four times last year. And mm-hmm. um, look, I mean, I hate I would never say never. Right. I, I just just from my eye uh, of, of seeing him, haven't seen him for so long, right. and you have as well, Joe. I think it's going to be hard. And he even mentioned a few years ago that the most important thing for him, and this was four or five years ago before he even made the other comeback, and how many was, you know, he, he wanted to be able to hang out with his kids. Yeah. And, of course, this week he's going to play oh, with Charlie. Yeah. He'll be in a card. He even made comments the other night about, thank God he was in a card. It was only 12 holes. Yeah. Um, well, that's, the, that's my question, Carney. I mean, as much as, you know, I don't want to put this evil on Tiger Woods. We see John Daly playing in the Champions Tour, and he's got a cart. Like, yeah. is that no? no I, yeah, I know. No. I see you saying no, but like, but, I, I, but at the same time, isn't here, isn't Tiger supposed to be like Michael, where he just wants to play? Like that, I, that's he's just so fixated by winning and playing that it doesn't matter who he's playing, if it's everybody here at the yards or if it's on the tour. Here's what I know about Tiger Woods: he's not going to play if he doesn't think he can win. I mean, I can tell you that. But doesn't that have to be on the PGA Tour? Uh, I would think so. I mean, I, I think he may, you know, he could play some PGA Tour Champions event. I don't know. I think that's far enough in the future uh, where it's not important. But here, here's what I will say, that even if Tiger is not playing in tournaments, if he is involved with the game of professional golf on the PGA Tour level or any level, quite frankly, that's going to create an interest. Right. That's going to create a buzz 
Um, and, and I guarantee you he wants to be out there playing. I mean, there, there's nothing about that. But the one thing I've learned about him over the years is he's not going to play if he doesn't think he can win. And I think what he alluded to last year was what it takes him to be able to compete. You know, we saw him at the Masters, and he went four days. But as he went through, it was tough. Uh, you know, we saw him at the uh, PGA Championship, yeah. and he played three rounds but then had to, you know, withdraw, withdraw because made now. Made it to the Open. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and it made it to the Open, played two days. You know, flat gun. I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but I think it helped that it was very flat. I know, can he build up his stamina within a year to do that? I, I don't know. Yeah, and because we're not going to know until he decides, okay, I'm going to try to play here. Yeah, the unfortunate thing that at the very least our orthopedic surgeon has said, Dr. Bari, is that that is something that rest, relax, rehab, will, it, it, will, it will never return, unfortunately. And, you know, there's a difference between Tiger saying, I'm not going to tee it up unless I think I have a chance to win, compared to me looking at a bunch <laughs> of scratch guys saying, I look at them and go, I got no chance to win. And so it's because I have no game. He wants to have that game. And so I just hope he stays on some level around the game. But, heck, he's now fodder for Chuck Barkley. Just think about that. <laughs> I mean, Chuck had a great time with him the other night, and Tiger knew it was coming. You yeah. know, he loved it. I mean, you, people can say what they want about Charles Barkley, but yeah. you got to love him. Yeah. I mean, you got to love him. He lightens the mood. Yeah, absolutely. And, and while there are a lot of serious moments in golf, and, you know, while there is, there is lightheartedness heart, yeah. out here today, there's, mm-hmm. ser- there's a serious just, aspect yeah. to it because exactly. of what Patrick's trying to do. That's the important. I think that's how players, people that are around the game, they realize the impact they can have. And I think Charles has realized the impact he can have on golf. You know, a lot of it was self-inflicted you know, because of his golf game, but he's part of it. And I think people that follow the game, and, it, and, it, and it's going to draw people to the game, like Tiger and all these players try to do, is you're trying to create as much interest in it as possible, and I think Charles does that. All right, so, so real quick. Yeah. So we're like four or five months removed from Augusta? the Masters. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts right now on what Augusta does? Will they welcome in the live guys? Why don't you think about that? <laughs> think about that, and we'll answer that question coming up in right, one perfect, second. That's perfect, a good one. Perfect. That's a good one. And then he's also going to chime in on the Jags because he loves, right, he loves, loves the, the Jags, Jags just like right. the rest of us do. All right, so will they relent? Will they do anything? Carney will answer that question coming up on XL Primetime. is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. Matt Hayes and Joe Cowart left you with the cliffhanger (laughs) of the day that you will hear (laughs) on the Superstation. Will the live golfers be allowed to play in the Masters? Former PGA Tour golfer, now golf media mogul of sorts, Mark Carnival joining us live here at the Yards of the Patrick Young Foundation Tournament. Well, Carney, you think you think you think they're going to get the invite? It's not even a million dollar question; it's like a hundred and seventy thousand million dollar question. Uh, you know, I, I I know what I would like to have happen, just because I think there needs to be a precedent set, and obviously with what Live Golf has done, it has set a precedent on, on one level. I never played this game for money. I mean, I, people say, "Why well, you know you got the you got, yes." But it didn't drive me to play the game. I played it because I loved the game. And I think what, unfortunately, Liv has done is it, it's made it more about the individual players. And I will answer your question, but I'm getting there. Um, <laughs> and it's singled them out. 
Uh, I don't think there's any player that's bigger than the game of golf. I mean, I love the game. I love what it did. I love what it's done for me. And, again, we come back here to what mm-hmm. we're seeing today. Oh, yeah. Golf, yeah. golf. there's so many things that can be accomplished through it. I, I think it's a little selfish. But, again, as I tell people, I was never offered that money. I don't blame people for taking the money. But with choices come consequences. You make the choice, you go on. Now, to answer your question, I, I think – Augusta National and, and Chairman Fred Ridley is because the, so so our listeners know it is not the PGA Tour. No, like Augusta and the majors are governed separately. The yeah. PGA, they run their own one and only tournament. The PGA yes. Tour has said that they will not allow the live golfers to play, which means yes. that, Cam, that Cam, uh, Cam Smith, your yep. player's champion, will yep. not be in the field. And, and that's and that's because they, they they broke a regulation, right? Not just because they don't want them to play, right. but suspended. they actually broke a reg, something that's in the rules. Right. Of the game that was set up by players mm-hmm. and so forth. And they understand that. But Augusta National, six of the players that have gone over to live are former champions, are former master champions. If Augusta National, and obviously a lot of this is all, they're all, it's the world ranking points, and does that affect the U.S. Open and the PGA Championship and, and the Open Championship and so forth? I think it's up to Augusta National and Fred Ritt. If they If they are willing to go out there and say, you know, we don't think it's good for the game of golf. And a lot of the other organizations look at Augusta National for so many reasons, even though, again, that's the one event they right. run. But when you look at the list of the people who are involved and members of Augusta National, people that go there, you know, they're, they're, uh, it's, a, it's a mental meeting of the people in golf. Yeah, it's uh, basically the tribe has spoken is <laughs> kind of what it is. But it's, it's really, but that's the first domino that's got to fall because yeah. they're the first major outside and of I was the players. Just telling, yeah, I was just telling Carney, if they were to take them, that will open the door up for world ranking points yes. to, to come their way. Yeah. And it's it's comical the way that they have argued it, that we fit every criteria and world rank people won't listen to us. They haven't met any criteria. Yeah. They, they, they make stuff up. Um, you know, I've been in arguments with TLD before. I've made stuff up <laughs> and tried to convince her that it was the truth. Uh, but, you know, that's basically what, they, what they're trying to do. They are not telling the truth. Anyway. If Augusta does it, it will swing the pendulum yes, in that direction. If it they will. say no, it, it, it might it might fracture them to the point where they, point they have no to return. disband, and then yeah. they have to come back. But, yeah. And then what happens if those guys try to come back to the tour? Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's the that's the real big issue. But again, as I said, there are consequences for whatever yeah. decision you make. And I, I personally, I think a lot of these play again. I don't blame them going right. for the money. But Carney, it's like we all need to point it out. It's not like they when they made the decision that they didn't make a lot of money yes. after they made that decision. Yeah. That's what they wanted, yeah. and they made that decision. Yeah. And now they don't have to play every week. And Bryson DeChambeau can work on his foundation. I'm pretty sure he's working on it right now. And by uh, foundation, yeah. you mean the foundation of his leg trunks yeah. and uh, exactly. and his protein bar. Yeah, diet. exactly. Whatever yeah. he says, he's doing okay. Fine. Yeah. yeah. All right. Now before you go, um, because we're hearing announcing going on. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, you're a Jaguar fan. Yeah. Die, yeah. die hard. Die hard Jaguar yeah. fan. I don't know how die hard. Well, I, yeah. I used to be. I had season yeah. tickets for a long time, and then mm-hmm. my schedule and everything, I didn't. Yeah, you travel and, a bunch. And I traveled. Yeah. And, and, I mean, this year I bought it one of those three, uh, more than two. They, you right. can buy a group of, yeah. you know, I, basically it was from, I saw I saw them beat the Raiders. I saw them yeah. beat the Ravens, yeah. and I got oh, tickets for this weekend. Party. Oh, you so, may be the lucky charm. Let's so, go. So, uh, that was a big one yesterday. Yeah, it was. I mean, and look, I, I've been here over the years, and I was at the 99 Mm-hmm. Uh, championship game at mm-hmm. at the TIA Bank Field mm-hmm. and could not believe what happened and uh, yeah yeah little mayonnaise and a little you know oh, what yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah I mean it's uh, I have a lot of friends who are Tennessee Titan fans but mm-hmm. it's great for Jackson it kind of reminds me of you know you're you're a, you're a freshman in high school 
and you, uh, this is how I kind of perceive the Jaguars. It may be out there, and if people know me, they, <laughs> yeah. they know it's out there. Yeah. So he it's like, not you know, had a the first girl, uh, the fr- it's, they're like the first yet. girl you ask out, and then she says no, and it's kind of like the Jaguars. They disappoint you. Yeah. And the second girl you okay. ask out, and they disappoint you. And the, one, the third girl says, well, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. And then finally the sixth girl says yes. And it's kind of the way I, I, I look at them. is like it, it's a ride, and, mm-hmm. and Doug Peterson has said this. It's going to take a while, and I yeah. think we have been – so torn mm-hmm. over the years that you know we don't, I don't think fans really understand and know how to react, right? Because they immediately anything that's like a bright light is like okay we're just oh, run we're to gonna it. go yeah. with it, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. But what I see and I see through uh, Doug Peterson and obviously my family through I've been around coaches I've mm-hmm. been around sports my whole life. Uh, I love what he's done. Me too. Um, I'm a fan. I, I love. I think the players and I think you can see it. You look and you hear what the players say. And look, they would all admit, you know, they stunk up, they stunk up Ford Field, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. two yeah, Sundays ago. Yeah. But I think that's what makes you better. You know, the one lesson my father taught me that I, I take with, the, with me every day is it says, you know, there's nothing wrong with failing. We all fail. No matter what we do in life, we're all going to have failures. The real failure is not learning from that. Mm-hmm. And it point. looked like to me, and again, they may go out next week and it's, it, but I think that's the process. I love where they're going. Uh, I, I, obviously, they need to do a few more things. But I, I think, I mean, this city, they're, they're just, I mean, they're yeah. foaming at the mouth. I mean, bring us, yeah. bring us yeah. something, the, and the, I think it's great. Yeah, the torment has been real, and it's been uh, a torturous long time. So hopefully we're, we're good to go. All right, Carney, thank you, buddy. You got uh, it. For hanging out with us. Uh, we are done. I mean, we, we've got – uh, the Francis show to hand it off to, but I, it seems to me that the party is just now getting started yes, here yeah. uh, at, at the yards. I agree. So we will wrap we, ours we, up. We may hang out a bit longer. Yeah, exactly. We will wrap ours up coming up here and uh, by saying hello to the Francis show uh, and get ready for Patrick. He's going to have a big silent auction, all kinds of things. Martin Buckley from Palm Beach Autographs running that. So we will wrap ours up from the yards coming up. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL rolling with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. Victory! That had to be what Hayes was thinking yesterday. Hayes Carline joins us with the Francis Show getting ready to go as we are getting ready to wrap up from the yards uh, here. Uh, Victory, uh, pretty sweet up there in Nashville, was it not, Hayes Carline? Yeah, absolutely. One of the sweetest, Joe. Uh, you know, I didn't even need a plane to get back from Nashville after that one. Uh, that was that was pretty good stuff right there. So uh, we'll see if they can uh, if they can follow it up. You know, go uh, go go take on a, an excellent Dallas team, and if you get a win there, boy, it's going to feel awfully like the uh, Seattle win that they got in 2017, where you really started to believe that that they had something uh, really special. Yeah. So uh, anyway, it's going to be a fun week around here. Was yeah, it, it is good you brought that one up because that's definitely one where you said, "Okay, I can see, I can see it, I can feel it." But I don't even know, Hayes, if I'm like wishing for that right now. I just think exercising the demon was about as important as anything for Doug's kind of build back here in Duval. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, it was uh, it was an unbelievable win. Certainly the the signature victory so far of of the Doug Peterson era, and uh, in large part because. Trevor Lawrence is developing into a nuclear weapon. And, you know, I, I think you can make a case he's the best player in the division right now. And it may be a weak division, but that's still a big statement for uh, a second-year player who has just really taken off over the last month. So 
Uh, yes, they're down in the standings, uh, but if you've got the best player uh, and you got four games left, maybe you can still make a run at this thing. So it's uh, it's exciting. But yeah, just an unbelievable victory yesterday, a team win. Obviously, the defense was sensational with how physical they played at times and, and knocking the ball loose. And uh, it's going to be a fun frangie show. We're certainly looking forward to breaking it all down. Hayes, is there anything that you saw yesterday that you said, okay, maybe that needs to improve if they're to beat the Cowboys this week? Or was it truly as resounding a victory as you've seen? No, I'm worried about the Cowboys. Uh, They present, to me, uh, many more matchup issues than Tennessee did. Uh, So I give the Jaguars credit. I picked the Titans, and, and obviously the Jaguars won big. But uh, but it's going to be hard for me to to pick the Jaguars this week. I think Pollard is playing at such a high level. Uh, you know they've got uh, great weapons that Dak Prescott throws to. Their defense is phenomenal uh, in terms of uh, getting after the quarterback. So uh, this is going to be uh, a Herculean challenge for the Jaguars Sunday. Uh, and I think if if they get it done, it would really send a huge statement. Uh, to the rest of the, well, really to the, the Titans, uh, particularly if the Chargers are able to take care of business in L.A. and take out uh, Tennessee for us. All right, brother son, I know you guys will uh, break it down, celebrate it with the fans on the Frangie Show. Yeah, absolutely. John Osher's going to join us in the 5 o'clock hour to, uh, to break down the game, and uh, we certainly look forward to that. So, yeah, fun, fun uh, Frangie Show coming up. All right, buddy, thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. We had a fun time today. There's no no uh, no question. Just uh, the, I guess this is the giving season. That's why they call it that because uh, it started really with the J Fund. It went from there to uh, our primetime Christmas with Toys for Tots here with Patrick Young's uh, inaugural event. It, it is inspiring, um, and you just see so many people doing so many great things. We uh, we had Big Al with, with Santa Lamb coming up this weekend. Uh, He's going to pop on tomorrow and talk about his his sock drive. I mean, there's just so many charitable efforts and so many people get behind uh, as much as they can. That's for sure. Uh, so thanks to all the people out here for hosting us. Uh, I'm going to go get by the fire pit. Yeah, I okay. was going to yep. say, I know they've got some Mission Barbecue, and yeah. I, I may try to steal some only because I see some warm food and some smoke coming off of it, yeah. and uh, I could use that in my life right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just thinking that fire pit's calling my name. The Vita Delui might be calling my name. All right, we are out. Joe C., me, O'Brien, Matty Hayes, Big Sirs, JJ, back in JJville. We appreciate uh, you for taking care of us and uh, for everybody listening. Support Patrick Young uh, any way you can. Once we get that uh, foundation, as he said, completely set up with the 501c3, we'll be passing the word on but you can definitely check it out uh py for patrick young py4foundation.org we are out you got the francis show coming up next